sheet all the gear and shit for that review, but I lost it, so. Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. Okay. Are you good? <clears throat> Oh, yeah. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Alright, here we go then. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Yoder. <laughs> and Andy. Hey, now. Oh, Yoder. man, that's awesome. Hey, <laughs> uh, this is episode 205, Review Series Volume 6. XL Power Spectre 700. All right. Yeah. So six review series we've done so far, or will be the sixth one we've done. Nice. Um, all right. So let's catch up with everyone's week first. Who'd like to go first? I can go first since I missed last episode. All right. Sounds good. And I'm very sorry to the listeners that I missed the last episode. Sorry to John who came on the show. Just do yeah, we- I don't understand what's going on with me, man. My immune system must be crap. Either that or my wife working at the hospital is bringing home stuff and just, I don't know. <laughs> it's probably her fault. Man, it's like the second time I've been sick in like two months, man. And it was bad. I couldn't even talk. And, you know, I can't stand listening to somebody when they have a cold. And so I was like, I mean, I still have a little bit of it. But, man, that was so bad. And I would have been sniffing yeah. and coughing through the whole thing. It would have been terrible. Uh but you guys did a good show, man. I I enjoyed uh, listening to John. Nice. And uh, I, I sent him a text, not, or not a text. I I spent posting on the flight test forums, probably my first post in like two years. You <laughs> yeah. know, telling him sorry I missed the show, and um, you know, looking forward to building this Willie Nilly's one or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I wish you could have heard all the bad things he was saying about you on here. Oh damn it! Yeah. And he yeah. did a great job editing all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, edit out like thirty minutes of him cursing you. Yeah, really, only was, thirty he, minutes. He was very upset you couldn't make it. Uh, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Nah, I'm kidding. <laughs> we were joking. Put <laughs> well, your uh, chain there. <laughs> nah, I know you're joking. Uh, but speaking of that barnstormer, I started working on that, mm-hmm. and uh, it's interesting. It really is. It's like a you know 3D puzzle that you're putting together. And then gluing in place forever. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's 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 uh, it's pretty cool though. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I, I went on his website and purchased another plane. I don't know. if I don't think I mentioned it. I bought a, I bought the Cub that was uh oh nice new nice. to December. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I picked up some servos because I was going to get them from Hobby King. And I went on their website and I was like, well, they're exactly the same amount or if not more, you know, I wasn't sure if they're going to fit. So I said, let me just get them from him, you know, because they yeah. should fit uh, what he's been yeah. cutting out. Yeah. And support him. He's a small business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I went awesome. flying on Sunday, man. I had a great day at the field with Steve and Mike D. And uh, we went out for breakfast beforehand. It was really cool. I love doing that because yeah. then you're all charged up to just go flying. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of the guys there, Mr. K and Tony's always there. Uh, had some uh, good flights on the old Sukhoi. I got the old green Sukhoi. Oh, yeah. Sukhoi. <laughs> oh, yeah. I changed the motor out on that and the prop. I made it 4S and the ESC changed out mm-hmm. and 
Dude, that thing was flying awesome. Like I took off probably quarter to, you know, quarter to half throttle. I took off and I was flying around below half throttle and I was like, man, this is going to be nuts. And, uh, once I got the rates figured out, uh, dude, I was like able to, it, it was like, it's like what that thing needed, you know? Mm-hmm. Really, really cool, like 3D plane. And then if I needed to punch out, I was just, I was hovering at one point and then just went full throttle and it climbed out of that. And I was like, wow. Nice. It was pretty cool, man. And I got the big, fat, like 3,000 milliamp hour batteries in that, 4S batteries. And that thing uh, flew good, dude. Had a couple good flights on that. I'm still not sure what I'm going to do with that, though, you know, whether I'm going to paint it or I don't know. It's my old one. It's the original one I bought for 180 bucks like years ago. And I don't know what I'm going to do with it. It's been bashed a number of times. Every time Mike D sees that plane, he's like, I can't believe that plane is still alive. You know, he's like, like every time I see that and it goes in, I'm like, oh, we'll never mm-hmm. see that again. It's the last person. And then like, he's <laughs> like, I see it a couple months later. Yeah. Yeah. And as far as helicopters going, I flew the Oxy-5, man. That's been flying really good, dude. I'm really comfortable having a lot of fun with that heli, man. Just not afraid to do anything like that I know how to do. Or I've mm-hmm. done a few times, you know, close to the ground, and right, sure. It's really been really been cool, man. I'm I'm happy that I'm not crashing every weekend, you know. And flew a six ninety, I think once I got a flight in on that, and that thing's that thing's still flying good. I tell you, you know, these helicopters, man, when they're in, when they're flying good, they they they're so enjoyable. It's I'm just really enjoying where I'm at, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we oh, and I didn't even write in the show notes that uh, we have a club two thirty s. That we the club purchased, and <laughs> me and Steve got that that going. Oh, uh, yeah. cool! And then I crashed it. And then, <laughs> oh, but, Steve! But no, we were trying to work out the buddy box situation. You know, yeah, like I have right. my DX9, and it comes with a DXE, mm-hmm. EH, um, and yeah, yeah uh, I you know Steve and I had gone through this before, but Steve kind of took the reins on it last time, and I wasn't much of a part of it, so I had a chance to sit and and go through it this time, and it's pretty cool. You. You bind the DX9 to the heli, and then you bind the the trainer to the DX9, mm-hmm. uh, or the DXE to the DX9, and mm-hmm. it was pretty cool. We, you know, Steve and I went out there test tested it out. It was cool on my from my point of view too, because I was the instructor more or less. You know, I had mm-hmm. the DX9, and you know, it was it was cool to like take over. Like I always wondered, like how that was my first time ever trying something like that. So I always wondered how that worked. You know. Like yeah. how I would react to that if if I saw somebody going in, would I be quick enough to to do that? And I mean, Steve's a better pilot than I am, but he was still like at some point was was trying to like mess around, like hey, uh, you know. Uh, and I was able to like kind of respond and and take it over. But then then we we didn't realize that the the kill switch has to be on on both models. I think because we were tr- we were trying it on the ground, we were trying to make it so. Um, we were trying to test that at one point, yeah. like to see if the, if the trainer, the guy with the trainer can actually, you know, kill the throttle and land it. Yeah. Uh, but you can't. So we figured that was dista- disabled. Yeah. And I guess when uh, we went to re, reboot up everything, that switch was still in the disarm mode. And when, when Steve turned it over to the guy that was trying it out, it just dropped right out of style. It just sky, it just killed uh, the power. Yeah. So just. That. Just to further explain, so um, Kevin was the instructor. I was a student when we were doing our test flight, and I was like, let me just land it. I'm just going to land it, right? 
And I and I come to the ground and I'm like throttle hold on the DXE H and I'm like throttle hold throttle hold it's not working yeah. I guess throttle hold doesn't work right so I went into then we had uh, Mr K who I was the instructor Mr K was the student and I was like okay I'm gonna hand this over to you and he's and I was like you don't have to worry about the throttle hold button because it doesn't work well it does work somewhat it's the weirdest thing so as oh. soon as I went from instructor to student. Because his throttle hold was off, it just fell out of the sky. And, you know, I had it probably about 20 feet in the air because, you know, I want to hand it over. He's just, he's never flown a helicopter. So I wanted to hand it over with enough altitude that if right. something goes wrong, I can save it. Right. Well, you know, something went wrong. And I was like, <laughs> oh, crap, oh, crap. And it, it couldn't spool back up. So it just hit the ground. And the only, only thing that damaged was um, uh, just one side of landing gear broke. So. Yeah, okay. um, so not a big issue, but I was just like, is this throttle hold work or not work? It's like, make up your damn mind, you know? Put a piece yeah. of electrical tape over it in the own position. Or yeah. position or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what happens, and I want to test this next time, and we should have tested it there before, but we, we had a broken landing gear. And, but it's to like, okay, so if the throttle holds off on the student's radio when I transfer, it's going gonna, it's gonna to die. But what happens, I guess, well, no, I guess we kind of tested that. What happens if he were to hit it by mistake while he's flying? You yeah. know, would I be able to take over and my throttle hold button not being on would bring the heli back into life? I don't know. Well, it didn't. So. When you tried it, it, it didn't work. That's why we figured it was disabled. Because when, when you had it and you were on the ground and you tried to hit throttle hold, nothing happened. Yeah. Because we figured, oh, it's disabled. It kind of makes sense that it's disabled for the student because then you he wouldn't be hitting it. He wouldn't be turning mm-hmm. it off by accident, you know. Or he might not hit it fast enough if you were about to crash and you couldn't save it, right? Like, right. Yeah. You know. So, yeah. I a little, mean, a little strange. Yeah, a little strange, and but whatever. Not a big deal. Lesson learned. I think we're. Um, I think we'll be ready. Um, you know, I know Kevin. We got some spare parts, but Kevin didn't even think we were going to get that far, so we didn't. He didn't even bother bringing it no, out. I didn't bring him. Yeah. No, and I mean, we we went through what we intended on doing, which is to just give it a dry run, and we didn't even think we were going to get that far to get somebody on it, you know, that day. Mm-hmm. So it worked out pretty good, though. Yeah. The other thing I did was um, I started gl- gluing the uh, R2-D2 parts that I got together, and uh, I got high on the glue, and I had to stop because that was, <laughs> dude. Weak. <laughs> I, I guess man maybe it's my immune system i don't know i even had a respirator on and i was like oh this is getting to me you know what are you using uh, for glue ca oh, okay and kicker could be all this ca and shit that's ruined your immune system yeah could be i gotta stop eating it <laughs> yeah stop drinking yeah, it stop drinking yeah, but, exactly <laughs> but dude that came out that came out pretty good i sent you guys a couple pictures i uh started with the lower the lower piece is like maybe half an inch tall. So you start with that and that's in like six pieces. And then the first ring is in like 12 pieces roughly. And that's shorter. That's only about maybe, I don't know, six inches tall. And then the, the second ring is about eight, eight to nine inches tall. And there's mm-hmm. 21 of those pieces as it Ooh. goes around. Yeah. And then there's 12 more wow. on the top of that. And, uh, it's, it's been a pretty cool project though. Seeing so this thing. Where did you get the STLs for this? They're online. They're, they're actually free from a guy called Michael Badley. His Patreon is M M Bad. It's B A D D E L E Y. Uh, he's the guy that came up with this. This is version two. He came up with a version one, and this is version two that's actually broken up. 
better for 3D printing. And he has a three. He has a version three, which is all in one piece. If you have a large enough three D printer, holy shit! And like eleven days to wait, you can actually, yeah, and enough filament, you can actually wait for this to, uh, to print out. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So it's basically for free. Just amazing that somebody had the time to do this. And I was really wondering how this was going to work. Like he has little spots where you take some filament and you kind of put them in as kind of like joining pieces that to align, you know, like alignment pieces okay. in the joining process to for each, each piece. And I was wondering how that was going to work and how that was going to work uh, as far as gluing it horizontal and vertical, you know, and it actually came out pretty good. I was, I was shocked at how good the lines actually came out. I was expecting it to be, you know, maybe off a little bit. You can you can tell when you know when the 3D printer it starts to lift up as it's printing. It gets that little tiny lip. You can see that kind of thing. Uh, but that you know, I think that's commonplace. So I'm not really too worried about that. I'm gonna have to fill the seams anyways, uh, you know, and sand it down and everything and paint. But uh, it's pretty amazing, dude. It's pretty amazing seeing it all come together. Wow, there's a lot of files on here. Yeah, it's it's enormous. There's there's a ton of files. Yeah. That's awesome though, like that he makes this all free too. Like, I mean, it's on his Patreon page, so I, I definitely right. would recommend folks um, supporting him. But wow, that's awesome! Yeah, I mean, you can start out with a dollar a month Patreon, mm-hmm. which yeah, it's pretty awesome, man. Awesome. Uh, and then the last thing I had going on was um, my tech support that I gave Jeff for all those weekends. He actually got me a game. He got me Arma Three, and we've been playing that, and that's a lot of fun, man. It's an interesting uh, game. I don't know if you guys know what that's about, but it's just never it's like, heard of it. It's like a military game. You can be a marksman, a sniper, you know, a helicopter pilot, which I haven't done yet. Um, but it's it's pretty cool. We can online, you know, Friday nights and just go shoot shit. You got nice. you got to look through binoculars and like do a range find, and you know, we're we're in team speak, so you know, yelling it back and forth, and you know, picking off guys, <laughs> and then acquiring targets and stuff like that it's pretty cool nice. it's pretty decent that's cool that he got you that for helping him out yeah it was really nice man really cool well you know he kept on asking me you know is kevin mad at me because i keep on asking like dude keep on fucking bothering him of course he's mad at you should at least get him something for it <laughs> and he's like oh, oh. shit no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I didn't talk to Jeff about it. <laughs> it's funny because when I showed up his house the last time, his wife was like, Jeff, tech support is here. <laughs> really? Yeah. Nice. Oh, that's funny. So what have you guys been up to? Sorry it took so so much time up. Yeah. Here. Let me go next since uh, it's relatable to your Sunday. Um, yeah, so flu Sunday, met up with you and Mike for breakfast, which I think is great. I don't know. And one thing I like about it is that we don't end up needing to eat till like, dinner time or maybe like a late lunch yeah. um, after I leave the club so uh, the field so it's, I think it's great yeah uh, we hit up the field I got about I got three flights on the black nitro and then and I was like let me start with this you know and all I brought was fuel models black nitro cracking uh, nitro and the gasser so that flew great it was the first time I was doing tail down funnels where like you know how people always say like you just hold the sticks and let it keep going and you don't like lock it yeah. in quote unquote mm-hmm. air quotes right i've never had that happen i've always had to adjust oh, really? and make things and never just locked in until that oh. day like i just was like let me hold it like this and it just it did these nice tail down hurricanes where i didn't have to make adjustments and i was like oh 
Cool. You know, maybe it was just, there was a lack of wind. It was a very calm day, yeah. especially in the morning. No, it looked good, dude. It was, it was flying good, man. Yeah. Um, then I did four flights on the Kraken Nitro and started leaning it out after the, uh, well, basically halfway through the, that tank, the first tank. Since I did one tank before, I was like, yeah, it's ready to be leaned out a little. So I started leaning it out a little. Just a couple of clicks on the high and the mid at the same time. And it seemed to, uh, waking up a little. Um, it's feeling good. Um, I think it's flying amazing. I don't, I don't like, I think SAB should make this an actual kit. Like, not a conversion kit, but making an actual kit because <clears throat> it flies yeah. so nice. Mm-hmm. And it looks good. And just everything about it, just like, why not? Right? I mean, if you're already making the parts, all you have to do is set the parts list to be a Kraken Nitro and just do it. Right? Like, release as a, right. as a you know, number 32 kit or whatever. You know, it was good to see you flying that and, and getting some enjoyment out of that. Uh, mm-hmm. It was. It was cool, man. I'm glad that thing's working out for you. Yeah, yeah, I love it. That engine's running good, you know. That was yeah. the one that I blew up at um, in Rochester when I uh, grounded out the throttle servo and went full throttle <laughs> and belted itself, basically. Uh, uh, so, yeah, so that engine's running good. I'm happy about that. I tried to fly the gasser. I, I, you know, I got it all fueled up and ready to go, and I took off, and the engine kind of, like, lost RPM and then ramped right back up. And I was oh. like, whoa, 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 what, what's going on? You know, like, it didn't sound right. Yeah. So I landed it and I started wiggling the sticks and seeing if there's any weirdness. And yeah, I was able to brown out the, the V-Link RX. So I have a Neo on there that's a non-V-Link with the, the V-Link, um, satellite receiver and, you know, banging on the sticks, which you know, I don't fly that aggressive to bang on the sticks like that to, but you know, it was browning out and we saw on the V-Link the light go out and come right back. So scary. Yeah, yeah, to be on the safe side, I was like, no, I unplugged it. Said, I'm not going to fly this today. You know, let me do some more bench testing or figure out, you know, maybe I'll add a, a, you know, one of those capacitors, like the R2 buffer packs or a capacitor onto the Neo so it could. Well, um, well that's weird, though, because you've got a receiver pack. Yes. Correct. What size mm-hmm. is it? 5,000. 2S5000 Pulse, you know, whatever it is. Do you have have multiple um, Mm -hmm. power wires going into it? Yeah, I got got basically 10-gauge wire coming from the front since the battery sits all the way up front. no reason that should be browning out. All the way to the back end, yeah. So I'm not sure why it's happening. I I have a feeling it's just my electric setup, like the servos I'm using or just drawing too much or whatever. I have another Neo that's an actual V-Link Neo, and I've never had. I've had this issue with the the satellites and oh. V-Link setup before. Like I've seen this, like I've done it and on the bench, and I was like, oh, look at it cut off for a second and come right back, you know. But right. like I said, I never fly that aggressive. I, I never think of it ever happening in the air. Yeah, but still, I mean, if as long as your wires are good, mm-hmm. five thousand two S, I assume. Yep. Pack should never ever have a voltage drop enough to brown out. No, no, I don't think so either. You think maybe one of your servos is going bad and pulling too much current or something? Uh, possibly. I don't know. Um, I'm not even sure how I can check that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, you know what I can do? Either. I can I can make a servo lead that goes to like you know um, that I can use a multimeter on yeah. and, and monitor the voltage. The current. Draw, well, yeah, yeah. Or, or the current, current draw, yeah, 
Yeah. You know, and that's, see if I can. I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. I, but like I said, I have a new V-Link Neo sitting in a box that I haven't even opened yet. So, I mean, it wouldn't take much for me to just get that, put Pro on it, set up the, you know, gas or gov and all that stuff and be good to go. Um, I could even just copy the settings from mm-hmm. the old Neo to the new one. And that means it would be like really a five minute job to replace it. But I don't know. I have a whole bunch of silver lines and I'm kind of thinking like, you know, why do I need to even use a Neo on this? Like I'm not using rescue or any other benefit. You know, silver lines have been rock solid forever. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll just throw one of those in there, you know, and, and on, and I'm, in my opinion, I think the silver line actually is better, um, for fuel models because it uses an external sensor. Yeah. You know, so I might go that route. We'll see. Like I said, I still have this Neo brand new I can use. Um, but if I decide I might just. You know, and I got the room. It's not like there's like a because the the silver lines are huge compared to a Neo. Mm. Um, but I got plenty of room, and you know, you can put that main board with the um, all the servo connections anywhere basically, since the gyros don't anything that has to be like yeah. laid flat on 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 the uh, flybrush tray. So yeah, so I I don't know. We'll see. Um, we'll see what I come up with uh, when I get a chance to wrench on it and take a and dig in further with that. I did get a chance to fly an XL Power 700 this past weekend. I know we're doing a review on it, so kind of nice coincidence. Yeah. Um, Mike was like, you know, I usually have like, let me get you to fly this helicopter just, you know, for a minute just to see if my setup is right. Because mm-hmm. he had me do this originally when he first started flying helicopters. And I was like, whoa, whoa, your setup is really weird. You know, like everything was kind of turned up and weird. So 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 this time he's like yeah so give it try and fly and i would do like one or two maneuvers and the motor would shut off and power back up like you would hear a drop like i'd be like (laughs) you know i'll do something like you know pyro flip and be like and i'm like what the hell's going on with your head speed do pitch pump nothing full collective climb on now but like if i start banging on the sticks doing like you know like my maneuvers where I do like a TikTok and rotate the tail and do a backflip and then do like a half piero. Um, it would, the, the head speed would just drop. You hear the motor, everything just drop and come back up. And I'm like, I couldn't figure out what. I was like, you know, is there some weird setting on the, um, on the brain that's doing that? Is it in, because he didn't have a gov set up and that's what he was like. Oh, I don't have a gov set up on it. And I was like, wow. well, we have a hobby wing. So let's set up the store gov, right? So I looked it up real quick, you know, you set your thing, you set your 50% throttle, you know, zero pitch at mid-stick, and you basically spool it up for 15 seconds, shut it off, and then you should be good to go. I think the brain does have a shit-your-pants setting, where if you click that, it'll just do weird shit. So maybe he clicked that and wasn't supposed to. A shit-your-pants setting? Yeah, where it cuts your motor off and, you know, do weird things. Okay, maybe. I'm not sure, but... No, I'm joking. You said you didn't know if there was a setting. So... There's no setting that should cause the motor to cut off. Well, we what we came up with was um, Mike, like, I guess after I left, Mike was thinking about it. He was like, and he texted me. He's like, do you think we, you were going into low voltage? And it was cutting, it was cutting the throttle back because of that? You know, like, you know, sagging or the battery is sagging or something when you're doing the, the kind of your maneuvers and stuff? I was like, maybe, you know, he's like, I might have set it too high. 
because he wasn't really sure what to set the low voltage. Oh, in the ESC. In the ESC. So he might have set it up to like 3.7. And like you could easily sag a battery 3.7 for a moment. You got to set that down like 3.2. Yeah, I usually do 3.334, the highest. Like, And even then I don't. Or I usually just turn it off. I do mine at like 3.2 and then set my alarm for the telemetry at like 3.4. So So that's what I think it is. That could do it. Yeah. So, so we're gonna we're gonna try it hopefully uh, this following weekend. But I just was like, whoa, what the hell is this thing? Um, other than that, it flew pretty great. Like, uh, you know, like yeah. I would do maneuvers and do it, and it, was, it definitely felt quick. So I kind of get the, I kind of understand what those guys, um, you know, Kevin Dover and uh, Edmund and and you know Dave, the, all the folks that fly the XLs that I, uh, you know that I go to events sometimes hang out with, I was saying about the seven hundred that. That it's like, you know, most helicopters take like one rotation to kind of pick up speed to like do a fast hurricane. Right. While this is like instantly, you just hit it and it just it's full speed already. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and I don't know exactly why the why that is. It just it feels very fast and crisp off center. Yeah, I I was going to talk about this a little bit later, but now's a good time. I let uh, Robert Monty fly mine at the Hill Extravaganza. Mm-hmm. He said it felt very quick off center. Yeah, and he was thinking it was the brain, but I think it's just the heli because my others aren't really necessarily that way. Yeah, I think I it's have a the geometry. same setup as like the Protos and the mm-hmm. Synergy models I have. Yep, it's something to do with the geometry, but I I can't put my finger on what it is. But as soon as you start to do something, it just starts freaking hauling ass in whatever yeah. way you're going. Yeah, Which my is guess not a is, bad thing. It's no, no, not at different. all. Yeah, yeah. My guess would be that the the weight of the model is, is very light. Yeah, including that the geometry is like you know it's like running the Kraken on twenty six millimeter arms. You know, um, yeah. the head geometry is just it's just like, quick. Different. Yeah, it, it definitely moves faster than a lot of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So besides that, having a weird issues with the motor trying to cut off and you know which. It scares the shit out of me because every time I cut yeah. off, the helicopter <laughs> drop about 15 feet, 20 sure. feet. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, I don't want to crash your heli, dude. No, nah, it know. could be going into low voltage. Yeah, I, I think so. But, and which is funny because like when I see Mike fly, he well, like digs into. Yeah, Mike gets into it. He's yeah. probably got a log. He could look at the log. I'm sure he's yeah. trying to brain too. I, I believe he could it's look at the too, voltage so yeah. sag and stuff and see if that's what's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good suggestion. I'm sure when he hears this episode, he'll be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> look at the logs. <laughs> yeah, look at your logs, Mike, and diagnose the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that was my week. Let's hear about yours, Andy. Well, last week I talked about being at Torches for the Winter Bash. And you suck, dude. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, serious. I don't suck. Both of you guys suck for That's not being true. there. Very true. true. Yes, I'll take it. So you you could have been there. Yep. Yeah. Everyone asked me, it's like, where's Stephen Kevin? Stephen Kevin going to be here? Kevin's usually here. Where's he at? I'm like, oh, he's he's not coming. I'm like, why why didn't Steve fly down? It's like, I guess because he's a pussy. I don't know. <laughs> That's all yeah. I can come up with. Yeah. Sorry. No, it was really fun. Andy, you uh, should have been like, well, I'm here. 
to hell with those guys. Yeah, nobody gives a shit about me. They only <laughs> want to see you guys. <laughs> I saw the pictures, dude, on Facebook. It looked like yeah, awesome. you ran into like everybody, dude. It looked yeah, awesome, I really tried to take pictures with everyone that dude, I hung yeah. out with and talked to. I didn't get everyone, so if I don't have a picture with you, I'm really sorry. I I just I'm so bad at documenting and taking pictures at events because I just I don't take videos i don't take pictures of anything i'm just talking to people and hanging out and it never occurs to me to actually take a photo i'm just really bad at that but i made a concerted effort this time and i got some cool yeah we had a complete like it was a blast the weather was friggin' perfect it mm-hmm. was a little bit chilly wednesday but it just got warmer through the week. And I think Saturday was like 75 degrees. Oh, geez. Very light breeze. Nice. Just completely perfect weather. Uh, I didn't do a whole lot Wednesday. I ended up uh, editing the podcast for about half the day. And then the guys come and we're setting up the, the field and stuff on Wednesday afternoon. And then Thursday, I flew quite a bit thursday morning and then i had to go pick up team at the airport on thursday evening and we caught dinner and stuff and and come back kind of late a few people were were rolling in on thursday but then friday there was a lot of people showing up and it was starting to get more busy i don't remember i think i flew once or twice on friday and uh let's see I met up with Chris Robert one day. But yeah. I can't remember if that mm-hmm. was Thursday or Friday. I think it was Thursday. He flew the 516. Yeah. So he got one flight in on that. We hung out for a little while. He was only there for like a half a day because he had family stuff and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. But it was cool to see him for a little while. And like I said, everybody just started rolling in on Friday I put pictures on our Facebook page, was hanging out with Ryan Zano. He was there when I got there, actually. So hung out with him quite a bit over the weekend or over the week. Uh, let's see. Who else? Met up with Mike Lewandowski. Yep. He came down. Nice. That was cool. Actually, uh, he stayed in the camper Wednesday night because he – had got a rental car and <laughs> it was so small he couldn't fit in it. He was supposed to sleep in that and then oh, I guess he got a hotel for Friday, uh, Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday with the A main guys. Mm-hmm. So I was like, dude, there's nobody in the back of the camper, so just stay in there. And he's like, so he's pretty tickled about that because he's going to have to, I don't know, crunch up, sleep with his knees in his chest or some. Something like that. Yeah. What uh, what car did he rent? Do you know? I don't know. Uh, just some, smart like, car. Small SUV. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, it, it was like the seats folded down in the back. It just didn't have enough length, really, to get. I mean, Mike's not a tall guy. No, either. he's no not offense. a tall guy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So it must have been a small SUV. He, like, really yeah, it small. was like a small SUV. Yeah, thing. Like I don't a remember. Nissan Rogue or something, yeah. Uh, Some of the guys uh, saw Jared Mincy. Mm-hmm. Got Graham, hung yep. out with him for a long time. Our friend Gina Tucker. Mm-hmm. Gina. John Cook. Yep. Uh, his 
they were there. Justin, he was flying his ass off as always. Yeah. Uh, Maxi from Germany, part of the men air team. Oh, okay. I got with the, the men air people quite a bit. Yeah. Judith and mm-hmm. Joseph. Yep. They're such awesome folks. Yeah. Dinner one night with them. Oh, nice. Awesome. Mitch yeah. Morosa. Mm-hmm. Such great people. Yeah, Mitch this is a good kid, dude. Mitch Morosa. Holy shit. This guy's like a really big deal. You know about him? He could fly his ass off. Oh, we hung out with him at, uh, Mitch, yeah. at, at the Lowdown. Mm-hmm. He almost flies as good as Ryan Zanow. Almost. Not quite. <laughs> almost. I think a couple more years he'll be able to, you know, Just hold saying, his own. When you see Ryan Zanow fly, you might mistake it for Mitch Morosa. That's how good <laughs> yeah. Ryan is. No. No. <laughs> uh, Ryan told me to make a really big deal about Mitch Morosa. So I got to make a big deal. No, he's Mitch- a good kid, man. We were hanging out with him. And uh, yeah, good guy, man. No, he's the man. He was flying. Did you guys see any of the videos of the turbine whiplash? No, I, I only saw your pictures. I saw the video. I saw the post. I didn't get a chance to watch it, but yeah, I did watch a seven thirty E flight, which was awesome. Yeah, there's a couple videos of him flying the turbine. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, dude! Really? I want a turbine now. I, I oh, stop! <laughs> I swear, I've never. I've had like turbines are cool, and I like they're cool, but I've yeah. not had any interest in getting one. <laughs> oh boy! But that whiplash is pretty badass. And like I've seen Raj fly it a few times, and mm-hmm. you know it's it's cool. Raj does his thing. Mm-hmm. But when Mitch got a hold of it, oh yeah. shit, yeah. You plan on harvesting money this uh, this harvest? Yeah, you plan on <laughs> that? some money trees. Yeah. Money trees, yeah, man. <laughs> Damn. And the way he's done it, it's it's all like it's it's not heavy. It's not like a big fat heavy pig like most turbines i've seen mm. like he's joseph's done a really good job putting that thing together oh that's good to know because i would have thought for sure yeah it's something big heavy no it's like 14 pounds i mean oh, it weighs that's... basically the same as my gasser that's a gasser yeah full wow. of fuel stuff and it's seven horsepower and it's got tons of power wow it's it's a little different power delivery, you know, it's not, it's kind of like a gasser. You can't smack it really so much. I don't think, I mean, he was hauling ass doing all these like flipping circles and rolling circles and backwards funnels and hurricanes. I mean, like hauling ass kind of hurricanes and And just, you know, his normal, like cool Piro flipping maneuvers and stuff. mm -hmm. And the sound's gotta be crazy. Yeah, and it sounds really cool. It's not as loud as I would expect. I mean, it's it's noisy, but it's no louder than a gasser, really. But yeah. it has that cool turbine sound and the smell of burnt kerosene, which is, you know, yeah, pretty freaking cool. Now, was that the one we saw them firing up at Urcha? Correct. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Same one. This has actually still had his prototype frames and stuff. He's got the production parts in, but he was waiting on like one little piece, so he wasn't able to bring a production model. But it should be ready to go in a couple weeks, he says. 
He's already pre-sold a few of them. Oh, jeez. Wow. It's pretty badass. I mean, big props to Joseph for, for the way he's designed that thing. It definitely looks cool, and it flies amazing. Awesome. Yep. So hung out with the men air guys, Raj and Larry, and like I said, Maxie and Mitch, and who else was there? There's probably some more I'm missing. Saw our buddy Michael Leipzig from Oklahoma, his son Micah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His buddy Chuck Bowl, they were there. Nice, yeah. Michael is like I met him for the first time in Birmingham mm-hmm. and he's a pretty good pilot. But holy shit, he is totally killing it right now. Awesome. Like, he was flying. Dude must have been in thirty flights. Like just back to back. He was flying at night under the lights, just killing it down low, doing all kinds of like pyro stuff and figure eight like backwards figure eight funnels and oh that's awesome man three feet nice. off the ground, just really really in control i mean and it, like it's cool to see the progress from when i talked to him at birmingham and saw him at urcha and saw him now it's like he's made a 200 percent improvement this summer that's awesome. Wow. Man. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That was really neat. That's great to see, isn't it? I love seeing that. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. Like when I met him first, I was like, he's pretty, he's probably a little better than me. He's pretty good. And then I saw him this last weekend. I was like, holy shit. He's like 20 times better than me. I'm screwed. I'll never catch up. He had his son there. Yeah, he was flying. Yeah. Uh, Micah. Yeah. Mm hmm. A new listener, Eric Shu from Charlotte. Talked with him for a while. Nice. He's a new listener of the podcast. He's been in the hobby about six months, I think. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, nice. he's down there with Scott Graham and those that group. So okay. now he, has he done any airplane stuff or he jumped right into helicopters? Uh, No, he does, uh, does airplane stuff, I think. Okay. I don't remember talking to him about airplane stuff, but. Yeah, just curious. Uh, forgot. Because a lot of guys don't jump right into helicopters. No, almost no one, really. Joe Reyes was there. Travis couldn't make it. I saw pictures of you and Joe. Yeah, Joe was there. Um, Ian Joel, or Ian fucking Joel. Fucking Joel. Come on, you got to say it right. (laughs) Ian fucking Joel. Yeah, you go. He's a cool guy. I got to talk to him about the he's restoring the Hirobo that was his father's and putting that thing all together and going to try to fly it at least once. Oh, that's awesome. So he's, I told him he had to come to Urcha next year. I think he's going to try to try to have it all together and put a flight on it. Center stage Urcha as a remembrance of his father past. So that, that was, was really, that would be awesome. Yeah. For a while. Uh, of course, Christopher Diamante and uh, Mr. and Mrs. Diamante were mm-hmm. there. Yep. No Phil Goodwin? No, I didn't see Phil. Oh, God forbid, Phil, you leave New York for Florida in December. Yeah. <laughs> I got to bust his chops. <laughs> He's like, uh, damn Kevin. <laughs> I know. He's only retired and has a free trip down, really. <laughs> you can sit in the camper. You can sleep the whole way down. I guess getting there wouldn't have been too big of a problem. I think it was getting back because I was talking to Mr. Diamante and they are 
they're like staying somewhere for like yeah they stayed month. under for the winter yeah yeah for a little bit and chris yeah. is flying home and they're gonna stay here for uh like two three weeks and then go home for christmas and then come back down for a while so yeah. that's cool man know. yeah carrie shirley talked to him a bunch nice what a cool guy he is mm-hmm. talk about gassers and he's got a couple new projects that are coming up that i'm pretty excited in or pretty excited about i guess right awesome uh, ron chorus jr talked to him for a while uh it's giving him some shit just because why not <laughs> of course bert kyle gator mm-hmm. um yeah big thanks to those guys gator and kyle for putting yeah. on the event, all the torches crowd, like the, the club, club yeah. members. Yep. It was a really nice event. I think they had somewhere around a hundred pilots or so, which I thought was about perfect. That's pretty like awesome. It was, it was a, a good turnout, but it wasn't so busy. Like there wasn't long lines mm-hmm. and one or two people waiting. But a good turnout where you had enough people that, was interesting and yeah yeah absolutely you're not thinking like oh the hobby's dying type of thing you know a hey, hundred pilots that's a that's a nice round number and it was busy on saturday like i said there was a line at each flight station but it was only like one or two deep yeah. so if there'd been right. a lot more people it would have been a longer wait to fly mm-hmm. so i think a hundred for that size field was just about perfect now what did he have like four or five flight stations there they had uh, I think five, four, four I think, or okay. five, four or five. Okay. I think yeah. They didn't have like a speed or any of that type of thing. No, that you did. didn't okay. have anything going. <clears throat> nice. That just just open fun fly. There was no really vendors there. No, uh, nothing scheduled. No demos per se. Just everybody mm-hmm. hanging out and having fun. Love it. Yeah, that's very, awesome. Very laid back kind of a thing. That's the way it should be. Yeah. You know, I I don't know, man. I, those kind of fun flies, I think, and I haven't been to a lot of them where it's been like demo at 10 and demo at 11 and demo at 12, but I get more out of those kind of fun flies. And I think most people that are just average Joes in the hobby are like, hey, I hung out with this guy. I got a chance to do this and I kind of did my own thing. I think doing your own thing, you know, makes it that much more enjoyable, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I flew yeah. as many times as I wanted. I, I didn't fly. I had to shoot the shit with as many people as I wanted, you know? Just did my own thing. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like the laid-back atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I like them both for different reasons, but... Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I'm 100% laid-back except for one event, which would be RHF. I would say it's a little bit less laid-back. Mm-hmm. But, but I'm talking okay. about, like, well, I guess I can kind of, like, mention... It's it's a fun fly. It's not a heli fun fly. But when I went up to the neat fair, I thought it was kind of like they had way too many things scheduled. And I can see how that can get kind of tiring right. because you're like, you miss that window to fly, you know, 45 minutes of open fly. And then we're going to have this demo and then this demo. And then it's yeah, another 45 minutes. Yeah, that would get annoying quick. And then it's, yeah, yeah, that then it's would, combat. Yeah. And it's just see, too many things yeah. scheduled, you know. While Urcha has that and used to have more, there was always the ends of the field. I mean, they would only take up one flight stage for demos out right. of 10 or 15. Mm-hmm. But I can remember like the first or sec, 
first or maybe the second urch I went to, there was tons and tons of vendors and distributors and new wares and all that kind of stuff. So I kind of appreciate that as well. The whole trade show kind of aspect of it, which is kind of, change it's not really that way anymore yeah but that's okay too because now it's more of a fun fly which mm-hmm. and it could be that i was new in the hobby and was excited to see all that stuff and now i don't really care yeah you know too when you think about the young kids that are there with their dads uh you know too that the young kid is i don't know if this happens just in my mind this is how i would have been if i was a kid you know like i had i watch Kyle Stacy fly or somebody like that. And I'm, oh, I'd love to just say hi and talk to him. And if he's running around busy constantly, sure. You know, sure. I got to wait in line to talk to him or whatever. It's, it's just, it's really cool. If you can just right. get that out of the way, oh, not spending absolutely. my whole you know event waiting to talk to somebody either, you know, right yeah, at the I, big I events, they always have stuff to do. I mean, they're trying to get prepared for a demo or prepare for a contest. They could have to do or something team pictures. Yeah. Anything yeah. Like that. Yeah, which events like like this one in particular, everybody's just hanging out. I mean, they were just yeah. talking and shooting the bull and having a good time. Mm-hmm. Like, like Kyle, he was just talking to who, whoever. Yeah, you know, he'd go grab a flight and then hang out. It was everyone's approachable, right? It's not, let's see who else talked to Bert for a little while. Kyle Dahl was there, and mm-hmm. and Brian Mercado yeah. Barlow. Yep. Hung out with those guys some. Was Shannon there? Only Fine Hellies? No, no, no. No, I think I was the only only Fine Hellies guy there. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, what about I was um, afraid I was going to get beat up by the BK Hobbies crowd, but I didn't. Thank goodness. No, we get along. Oh. <laughs> what about Dan? Dan? Dan wasn't there? No. Oh. No. All the A-Main guys were there. Jason yeah. Bell. Of course, I said Mike Lewandowski, Scott Graham, Kenny mm-hmm. Hutton. Who am I forgetting? Was Frank there, the man, team manager? Was uh, Leon Luke? Uh, I didn't see Leon. Goodrow probably didn't go, right? No, Goodrow wasn't there. I don't remember. Morlino? I think Frank might have been there. I didn't see Morlino. I didn't see Goodrow. I don't remember seeing Leon Luke. There was about six of them, but I can't remember. I know Jason was there, and shit, I can't remember. That's Sorry, cool. guys. Nah, that's yeah, cool. no worries. I get burnt out. It's hard to yeah. remember. <laughs> um, what about, uh, I know last time I went to uh, uh, Panda and Manny and I all those guys. I did see Danny, Danny but Nonek? I didn't okay. get a chance to speak to him. Like I was doing something, and then they didn't have a tent or anything. Okay. I, didn't see Manny, but I'm sure he was probably there at some point. I feel like those guys are, aren't, aren't Arapanda kind of located in somewhere. Yeah, far? they're not too far away. I think yeah. they're over in Melbourne, which is what, like hour and a half, two hours away, maybe. Yeah, okay. Over on the coast. Over yonder. I definitely saw Danny, and I was like talking to someone, and by the time I got out of that conversation. He had moved on, and I ended up not seeing him again. So I don't know. Somehow missed missed paths with Danny. Mm-hmm. So how's Gina doing? She just got. Uh, She's doing good. She just got picked up by a servo, right? Um, company. I don't know. Servo? Um, expert servos. 
Oh, really? That's I'm, cool. I believe no, so. I didn't know. Yeah, she is cool. I told her we missed her at Urcha, and she'd had some uh, family stuff to deal with. She wasn't able to make it. Yeah. But said she'll definitely be there next year. Nice. Yeah, I talked to her for a long time. She's she's really cool. Yeah, good people. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Bider, I believe his name, was my neighbor in a camper. He listens to the show. He had his grandson with him. They were cool. Nice. He won the Speed Cup at Urcha. The ah, okay. Class, I believe it was. And he had a TDS with him. Oh, that's the guy I saw with that. Yeah. Cool. That nice. thing's bad ass. That's the real light one, right? No, no, that's the TDSF, the super lightweight one. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to talk to that guy. That's just a speed the, one. The TDS has the raised up tail. Oh, okay. And it has like forward, it has like 10 degrees of forward tilt in the rotor. So when yeah. it hovers, it hovers with the tail down like 10 mm-hmm. degrees. Oh, so that when you're flying, you know, 45 degrees nose forward, the tail is, you know, more, it's more levelish, I guess. Yeah. And the tail is raised up to be in clean air when you're doing a speed pass. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing's like two inches wide. <laughs> it, it's just, it's just freaking awesome. That's insane. Costs like seven zillion dollars. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to be on a list for like eight and a half years to get one. And hope yep. you don't need a life-saving operation. Yeah, exactly. Because you're going to have to pay for that first. <laughs> but it, yeah. it is really badass. I mean, it's really cool speed heli. Yeah, because I thought I saw in Facebook uh, on Facebook feed going by a picture of somebody with a super lightweight canopy. Yeah, there was a guy there with that, the TDSF. I didn't get a chance to talk to him or see it fly, but that's a really cool heli because it's a 700 that weighs five pounds. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. It's like a full-blown 700. But you normally only turn it at like 800 to 1,000 RPM. But you do full 3D at that because it's so freaking light. Wow. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, sound like sounds like you had a great time, dude. Yeah, I had an absolute blast. Got in late last night. Took me a little over 11 hours driving straight through, just just stopping for gas and a couple bathroom breaks. Cool. Fuel. Not bad. Yep. Truck worked good. Just fast you want to go. It'll go. Yes, yeah, as fast as you you want to fill up the tank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I checked it again coming back and only got like ten point eight to eleven miles a gallon, which I'm a little disappointed in. It's kind of hoping to hit twelve, huh. but after I decided I wasn't like I ran one tank trying to do like sixty eight mile an hour with cruise control and be very conservative. It mm-hmm. wasn't a whole lot better. So after that, I was like, "Fuck it," I just hammer down let's get home yeah just drive yeah, yeah screw this i it's, it is what it is i don't care dude next time you're thinking about your fuel economy think about this my jeep with the overhead over windshield light bar gets like 14 miles to the gallon so yeah <laughs> you're all in a camper and all that trailer and, yeah it's true yeah i'll check it some more empty it's getting about 17 i think so where it's going to sort of settle in at Oh, okay. Mixed mix driving. So it's not 
It's not great. I mean, you know, it's a big truck. Now, that's the new truck, yeah. right? Yeah, correct. Nice. Diesel. And I'm sure that the the uh, the upgraded back toolbox thing that you have, like that's right. got to add a, quite a bit of weight. I added, I added uh, almost 1,000 pounds with the bed and the tools I have in it now. Once I get all done, it'll probably yeah. be 1,000 to 1,100 pounds extra weight, like over the stock bed. So that hurts economy a good bit, too. Yep. Nice. Well, I'm glad the truck worked out good, dude. Yeah, worked good. Nice. Camper worked good. I, I got back last night, and I was able to get it winterized today between the rain showers. And just now we're getting, like, wintry mix and snow and crap. So I'm glad I got back before all that crap hit. Oh, sorry to hear that, dude. Yeah. I know it's bad. We'll probably, I mean, we could actually get ground cover. Oh, I mean, pro- probably not. <laughs> it probably will all be melted by morning. So, oh, man, dude, you were talking about Saturday. <laughs> um, Saturday was perfect. There was no wind. It was 76 degrees or whatever. You know what I was doing Saturday? I was knocking eight inches of snow off my Jeep. <laughs> I know oh. everyone down there from up north was like, dude, we got like 18 inches of snow at home. <laughs> Yeah, Ryber, definitely, but we, we got at least eight inches, me and Steve, up here. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Um, We got about eight, in, eight nine inches, and then I talked to my friend, who uh, my coworker, who got stranded in um, Schenectady, New York, and he got like 30-something inches, so oh. I can't complain for if I died or eight, you know, when he's gotten, oh, you know, close to three feet of snow. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's always, uh, what is it? Uh it's always relative or something. Yeah, everything's relative. Dude, I hope you're not busy for a couple of days with, with 30 inches of snow. Yeah, not yeah. really going anywhere. Yeah, and this guy's a Brooklyn guy, you know, so he's like, oh, man. <laughs> Let the train shut down. He can do nothing, you know. So. Uh, I almost forgot my new favorite person. Oh, yeah? Uh, I, you know Eves, don't you, Steve? Sure. Yeah. East uh, Pier, yeah. Montreal. Oh, my God. He's, he's awesome. having so much fun. He's, he's ridiculously awesome. <laughs> he is like, I swear to God, he's my new favorite guy. And the so great part, funny and just, yes, this, it was just a blast. And not only that, he's just so jolly. Like he always has yeah. a big smile on his face, and you know, yeah. Uh, just yeah, he's just just a happy go lucky. Yeah, he was guy, staying. Uh, he and Mitch were Morosa were staying with Ryan, which I, I had parked right beside. Mm-hmm. So we were in there drinking and just sure. having a big time, and it, it was so much fun. Nice. Ryan's such a good guy. Yeah, he is. He is. He really is. Yeah. I know he. Uh, what's it I called? Don't... The mouth of the north, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But he really makes the fun fly and makes the. He does. If you're if you're not having a good time, he's one, he's that type of guy that he's gonna make sure you're having a good time. Absolutely. Whatever yeah. you need, he will find it or get it exactly. somehow. Mm-hmm. And and not only that, like, yeah, he like, you know, I don't think he talks as much shit as he used to. I think he's calmed down a little bit with that stuff. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't ever since I, I met like Ryan, I think we've clicked like as far as, you know, oh, yeah. hang out and all the stuff. Yeah. Well, so, we meet him yeah. at uh, Loctite. Was that the first time or one of the first times? Probably not the first time we met him, but the first time we hung out with him. Mm hmm. Yeah. Or the second time, and I was like, yeah, dude, him yeah. and I could get in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> far mow down. I, I basically, 
Yeah, I was hanging out with him and Mitch pretty much most of the whole fun fly. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really, really good. Really good guys. Good, good people, man. For sure. Fun to hang out with. Yeah. And I can't believe, like, you know, it's like <laughs> he drives for fucking tw- 25 hours. Minnesota or something? Or something? Wisconsin. Wisconsin? Yeah. Yeah. Wisconsin. Yeah. Wisconsin. So he 25 drives. hours straight through. Yeah, I think he said it was sixteen hundred miles each way. Yeah, Jeez. well, Eve, Eve's uh, drove from Montreal. So he drove. Canada. Yeah, he drove straight through. Damn. Hey, Eve, if you listen to this podcast, next time you drive down, you can just come pick me up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in route from from Canada to Florida. <laughs> yeah, he showed up on uh, Wednesday morning, oh, so he nice. probably left Tuesday morning. <laughs> or, dude, come down to one of our events if you got time, or any weekend. Come flying I think, anytime you want. I, well, there's rumor. I, he, I think uh, Ryan about has him talked into spring fling. Oh, that's so, cool. That's yeah. a good event for him too. Yeah. And of course, Urcha he comes every year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's where I met him first time. Was uh, was it this year's Urcha or the year, year before? Yeah, yeah I, one I of, met him first time this year, Urcha. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but what a cool guy. Absolutely. I mean, just yeah. just a blast. Like you say, he's just so happy and jolly. You make uh, mm-hmm. you can't be around him and not have fun and laugh. Yep. Right. Yep. And Steve mentioned the community, man, and it's exactly what it is. When you start talking about the people that you know in this hobby, man, it's like you get excited about the 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 events coming up. You're like, I can't wait to see all these people again. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I'll get a flight in, but hey, I'll get <laughs> yeah. to hang out with all these great people, yeah. man. If you yeah. do, you do. But that's kind of. Uh, what I got like seven or eight flights in the whole time, mm-hmm. but I don't care. I had such so much fun. Yeah, get a flight here, a flight there. I actually flew the most on Sunday. Nice. Flew with everyone then, but I don't care. I I didn't fly once on Saturday. I was too busy talking and having fun. Yeah, yeah. Like Nothing. when when us three got together at Urcha and and flew that that's a memory that I'll always have. You know. But mm-hmm. I'll also have an equal memory of just hanging out, shooting the shit, you know, with everybody, yep. just chilling out, man, and just and just hanging out and, and good conversation and you know, laughs and stuff like that, and just mm-hmm. having fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Now, did you see Frank? Was he there? Oh yeah, Frank was there. Yeah, I totally forgot about Frankie. Yeah, yeah, Frank was there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Nice, Frank's Morda Dios. Morda, let's see, Morda Dios. Yeah, Am I nice. close? I think so. But then okay. I'm no expert on his last name either. So You are close. I am the expert on his last name. <laughs> oh, Steve Shaw. Oh, that's right. about Steve. Yeah, yeah. I saw a picture of you yep. with him. Yeah. Yep. yep. How's he doing? Yeah. He's doing good. He gave me a message for Kevin. He said, Kevin, you suck. <laughs> Just about. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, you suck for not coming. Oh, well. <laughs> well, dude, um, I'm going to look him up when I go down to Florida for Christmas. At least a day I'm going to. Yeah, know. he told me to tell you. It's like, now now tell Kevin if he wants to ship a heli down or something. I'll, I'll go to the field with him. We'll fly. Oh, yeah. Him to look me up when he comes yeah. down. Yeah. I was like, okay, Steve, calm down. I'll tell him. <laughs> nah, I've, I've been talking to him already <laughs> about it. No, he's, he's another guy that I just. I can't help but have fun hanging around talking with. Yeah. The great guy. Good dude. Yep. 
Yeah. Lots of cool folks. I'm sure I'm forgetting some people because I don't take notes because I'm an idiot. But just a blast. I take notes, dude, and I still forget people. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Everyone should go. The weather was friggin' fantastic. Hopefully they'll do it again next year. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so let's move it on to the main topic here. Main topic. The review of the XL Power Spectre 700. Yep. All right, so what's your first impressions? Uh, It was a typical boxed kit. It was packed well. It did not have any fancy packing like a SAB, no foam inserts or anything. Mm-hmm. But it everything was in plastic bags, like three or four plastic bags. And the parts were kind of loosely assembled okay. in the bags. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't know what else to say. The box art looked fine. <laughs> How about the manual? You know, the, uh, the online manual. Okay. I'll talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. So, dude, is that the actual name of it? The XL Power Spectre 700? I don't know if it's 700 XL Spectre. XL Power or... is the brand. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think Spectre 700 is the name of it. It's not 700 Spectre, right? I don't know. Everywhere I've I've seen XL 700, XL Power 700, Spectre 700, just Spectre. I don't know what to call the stupid thing. Well, let, <laughs> let me ask you guys this. Is, does XL Power make another 700? No. So why couldn't they just call it XL Power 700 or XL 700? I don't know. I don't know. Well, they want to be different, I guess. And yeah. It just seems like a mouthful. I don't know. Yeah, because, I mean, even on the helicopter, like, I don't recall ever seeing Spectre on the canopy. Uh, maybe I'm just not, I'm missing it. That's a good point, and I don't have it in here with me, so I don't know. I think it says Spectre on it. I mean, I'm kind of bashing it, but this would be my next helicopter if I wanted a 700. I mean, I'm trying to think, like, so, like, if it's a, if it's an SAB Goblin black thunder you don't just call it a goblin 700 because there's multiple different ones yeah black yeah. thunder like black thunder black thunder, black thunder. right mm-hmm. so i don't know i guess that's i mean I what know. i'm everything i see online is saying it's an xl power specter 700 like it they put that together okay. you know okay. so i mean it is what it is uh that's cool though no? I'm just going to call it XL7. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now, I've been like I've been struggling with what to call it since the beginning cuz I never really liked Spectre cuz it reminds me of a James Bond movie. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I just don't like XL Power 700 is what I normally call it. Some of the canopies I've seen online, they have XL Power on every one of them and then on the lower lip of the canopy, like where it hooks in down low, that's where it says Spectre 700. Yeah. But only on some of the canopies that I see. But like the 520 is just the XL Power 520. 520, right. It doesn't have XLP. a special name. Yeah, 520. So I don't know. No, that's okay. I just, was just curious. Yeah. First impressions were fairly average, I would say. It was packed well, no special mm-hmm. fancy packaging or anything. 
plastic bags, but not like a zillion plastic bags. Like, <laughs> like SAV. <laughs> yeah, three or four plastic bags that held the loosely assembled pieces, assemblies, you know, swatch plate, head, whatever. So with those things being loosely assembled and also not in many bags, was it like, did you notice that there's any like, you know, scratches on anything because it rubbed or any? I didn't notice any. Okay, good. So how was the build? Okay, first the manual. The manual really sucks. And not... The manual could be fixed very easily. The problem I have with the manual, it's the like 3D CAD view stuff, and there's very little words, which is fine. It's mostly pictures. The only the problem with it is the colors and the shading they used makes it incredibly difficult to see what goes where. Okay. And it could just be me. The screen I was looking at it on, I used my iPad. But I think Mm -hmm. if the carbon fiber was one color and the bolts were a completely different color and something else was a different color, it would be easier to follow. Like, I should have had you guys download it and look at it. I'm actually downloading it right now. So you'll kind of see what I say, what I mean. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pull it up real quick so I can explain it better. But I I really had to zoom in sometimes to see like which hole a bolt went in. And it's not difficult to figure out. It's just, it could have been so much better. Yeah. But like, it's, it's like with all the dotted lines that are like pointing you where the bolt's supposed to go. Correct. It's hard to see. It's hard to see. In a 2D environment, like 2D picture of it. Yes. And you bring up a good point, Andy, about using your iPad. I, I know I do that when I build the oxy kits and whatnot. I'm sure a lot of people do that. They bring their iPad down in the workshop garage or whatever. Okay. Look at page 15, which okay. is where the, the frame sides go together and servo mounts and stuff go on. 15. Wait, no, 15. I don't know what I'm looking at here. It says screw M3 by 6. I don't know what screw they're pointing. Let me see. Uh, oh, uh, I see. 15. On the top. Yeah, I, I see what he means. And like, why? Why is it that the so picture is s- only a little bit of the whole page? Why not zoom in for you, or have the picture and then have a zoom in section where you can? Well, the one I'm looking at is the is you need to see the whole thing here because it's the whole frame side. Are you on? Wait, is on that fourteen then? Fifteen. Uh, is the page whole. nine in the manual. Oh, sorry. Okay, page nine. Page nine. Nine out of forty-one. Okay, well, here's nine. Fifteen out of forty-one. But if you look down in the left corner, it says page nine. Oh, so. yes. Okay. okay. okay so that's so what 15. I'm looking at. Page nine, and I see that there's the the boom um, mounts, and then the one side plate going on with the servo Correct. mounts. And all so the you bolts. see how you got all this stuff going in here, and you got dotted lines. Oh, and the blue dotted lines are so dark compared to which the which bolt fiber. goes into which hole. But it's almost impossible to see that. Yeah. yeah. Like if you really zoom in, you can see there's a blue slash line mm-hmm. yep. showing which hole the bolt goes in. But and, there's not enough contrast between the pictures. Like the the frame sides could have been a light gray and the aluminum piece is a dark gray or I don't know. It it could have better contrasting colors. Definitely I think could have better. 
colors. Yeah. Make yes. It much easier. But not and, like look at where the bolts are going through on the top of the blue. That's kind of okay. I can figure that out. But when you look underneath that, where the correct. mess is there, the middle, yeah. right to the left of the screws, you know, where those lines are going, that's really confusing. Yeah. Yeah. And and I still think that they could have made this picture take up the whole screen and the whole yeah, page instead of just, you, there. you know, yeah. a quarter or a, a not even a quarter. I would say that's like a fifth of the real estate that you have on your screen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I, I so the manuals could it's use It's not work. the best. Yeah. It could but use like I work. say, I don't think it would be hard to fix if they just use different colors, really. Mm-hmm. And what colors you know, zoom in and oh. that's it. And what this is, is this is a 3D environment. This is your 3D exactly your 3d pictures something you would get on tinkercad or one two three yeah yeah so yeah you should you could easily click on those and just assign them different colors or assign them i mean the glass colors yeah and everything is realistic colors which okay that's fine but it doesn't have to be i mean it could be blue and red and yellow and green and whatever right i've actually seen that i think you're moving what was the one manual I just commented on not too long ago where I was, I think it was a, a synergy manual where the next piece was highlighted in like, Correct. like, like a blue, blue or something. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was great. Yeah. The synergy uses this same type of, of pictures, diagrams. Oh, way better. But it had, but it's highlighted and it's way more clear. Like yeah. Like I'm looking at the page 18 where you're putting your tail box with the gear and, a, and your belt and everything and you know it doesn't really make sense because it's a 3d picture and you see the belt there and you see your your tail pulley and your tail shaft and how it's supposed to go in i can kind of picture I, I know how to put that together but if i was a first like yeah you know if this was like my first or second helicopter that i'm building like see i went from the blade and i was like okay I, i'm going to uh. you know and i'm going to now this kit I don't. I don't know how. Like you'd have to really kind of, yeah, try it out and figure out. And right. that's, and that's the whole process. That's kind of why. Why I'm like I don't even need a manual for this particular thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to put myself in the mindset of someone that hasn't built a bunch of alleys. Yes. And maybe is not as mechanically inclined as I am. Yeah. And that's why I think it could be, the manual could be improved upon. I do yeah. like their labeling. Like every page has, you know, the bag numbers, what you're going to need on the top, has the screws and their dimensions on, on, I, so I'd like that. That's and they have cool. the screw size. Right. Yep. Right. Pointed to which one goes in which hole. Right. Mm-hmm. You don't have to try to figure out, okay, is this a six or an eight or a 10 or whatever? Now that part is good. And it's, it's not a difficult build anyway. If you've built a couple, it's not hard to figure out. There was only a couple times I have really had to zoom in to see which bolt goes where. And it was mainly on that like one picture I showed you to begin with, the big frame. Yeah. With the that had a whole bunch of stuff in one picture. But yeah. once you start doing it, it kinda all makes sense. So it's not a huge problem, but it is a negative, sure. I feel. Especially coming from, if you've ever built a, let's see. So I wouldn't say it's as bad as like an align manual where you just have <laughs> yeah, the, little the entire helicopter and everything's <laughs> yeah. exploded view. Yeah. Which again is is really not that bad if you just look at it and study it. 
but it's definitely not like an SAB or a Synergy or yeah. Protos or an Oxy. They all have vastly better manuals than this mm-hmm. one. Yeah. So you've seen and better, I, seen better manuals. I've seen better. Yeah, definitely. And I wonder if it's like you know, like do they get feedback? Like obviously they get feedback from like the pros, but the pros are pros. They know how to put this stuff together without a manual. Uh-huh. Like so, do they? I don't know. Maybe ever get feedback, do. you know, f- or, or if they get the feedback, do they ever do anything about it? Right? Yeah, that I don't know. Yeah. So. Good question. Yeah, I didn't have a much of an issue with the manual, but an I- inexperienced builder might. Okay, the carbon fiber. I've talked about this before. When I first pulled it out of the bag, I was like, "This You're is skeptical. a neat carbon fiber. <laughs> it's like printed design yeah. off G10." Yeah. It's like, okay, whatever. And I got to really looking at it. It's like, okay, well, let's pull out the multimeter and check. Well, lo and behold, it is actually full through and through carbon fiber, unlike some of the others. So I was kind of surprised by that because it has this very, very smooth finish. The fit and the cut and the uh, of the carbon fiber the holes and stuff. The milling? It's probably the best I've ever seen on any kit. Nice. Like nice. the holes were absolutely perfect with no chamfer or burrs. Mm-hmm. And everything lined up like perfectly square. Like no, like when you put a bolt through a hole and it goes into something, everything was absolutely perfect. I didn't have to wiggle or finagle or square anything. It just, when you tighten the bolts down, everything That's was it. perfect. Nice. Um, Which is very rare. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I just got one, when the one after they put the new <laughs> cutting tool on the router or what happened, but it's by far the best cut carbon fiber I've ever experienced. Let me ask you also the carbon fiber edges. How are they? They're good. Like you don't need to sand them or wet sand them or nothing, right? They're, I did. Yeah, that's I mean, that's it, one thing I've heard about this. Uh, what you're saying about the carbon fiber being cut perfectly, and yes. also that the the edges don't need to be sanded because they're it's already cut done. Very smooth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it still has an edge, so if you were going to run a wire around it, you'd yeah. want to sand it. Mm-hmm. But as far as just the general handling and stuff, yeah, no, it's great. Nice. The only thing I've ever had that had better edges was the miniature aircraft. They're almost rounded. Like, they're very smooth. Mm. But this one, the pieces actually fit together better. Right. Like, the holes fit perfectly the way they were going to go. Like, you know how normally you would loosely assemble the frames and all the centers and then lay it on something and square it up? Yep. This one didn't even have play to square it. Like once you put all the bolts in, it's just fucking perfect. There's there's no nothing to square, no wiggling. You could nice. literally build it in your lap and it would be ready to go. Nice. Now, I don't I don't know if they're all that way, but mine definitely was. So I will say that. Yeah. Um I had an issue with the tail pitch slider though. So oh, yeah? as great as the carbon fiber is, the CNC on the aluminum, nah, I've seen better. Uh, there were a few little burrs in places. The the one that gave me problems was the tail pitch slider. 
So it has an aluminum slider with uh, forks and you have a plastic kind of a dog bone looking piece that goes in there. And then that connects to the balls on the grips. You follow me? Okay. So the inside of the, the forks on the aluminum piece where it was machined had a, a burr, a lip that was was dragging and digging into the plastic so it was very stiff. Even so with I, the brass collar that goes in there? The spacer? Yes, it was too tight because the burr in the aluminum. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So I had to... I had to file that out and finagle with that for quite a while to get it to fit the way I think it should. So that was a little bit of a negative. Okay. Um, one neat thing is a 15 millimeter main shaft. Yes. The main shaft is freaking huge. That's crazy. It is hollow, so it's not super heavy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how easy it will bend because it's not super thick but i imagine it's going to be pretty hard to bend just from the sheer diameter of the of the piece yeah but one other huge advantage to that big main shaft is you got big main bearings mm-hmm. get a lot of contact area on your on your bearings and the top two main shaft bearings are in a one-piece aluminum mount that's different than anything I've seen. So your your top main shaft bearing and your middle bearing are pressed into an aluminum, uh, for lack of a better word, like a, a tube. And then the tube has ears on it that bolts to the frame. Yeah, almost like an aluminum sleeve. Yeah, sort of like that, a sleeve with, with mounting points. Thing, mm-hmm. Mounting points, yes. Yeah. Which is really cool because the bearings are always perfectly aligned and the shaft just falls through. Yeah. And it's all one piece. So there's no, no amount of crashing or anything's going to tweak your bearings out of alignment. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty neat. I think the, the, the bearing blocks, especially those will, I mean, I don't see how you could really ever damage them in a, in a crash or anything. No, you probably just wear them out after hundreds of flights. Well, I mean, you wear out the bearings, but as far yeah. as like bending a bearing block or something, which no. can happen in other helis. Mm-hmm. No, I don't see that happening. Yes. Cool. So that is cool. The servo mounts mm-hmm. are aluminum and they seem a little bit weak to me, but that might be by design. Yeah, because they're very cheap. Mm, So I'm thinking they could be designed to bend and give versus breaking the frame or breaking a servo ear or something like that. Yeah. So I'm not sure that that's a negative. That could be a positive, actually. So if you if you hit just right, the aluminum mount could bend and they're like, I don't know, eight or ten bucks or something. Yeah, so it's yeah, pretty cheap. Um, It come with aluminum servo arms that are supposed to be bendable, and I use those. I've not had an issue so far. 
of course, now I don't fly hard enough to be able to bend really any servo arm in flight, but I know guys that do, and they said they've had zero issues with them, mm. but they did bend in a crash. Yeah. So now is that is that a good thing that they're bendable in a crash? I guess so, right? Yes. Yeah. See, I, gears. on most of my helis, I use the the SAB arms, mm-hmm. right? Because they will break or strip yep. in a crash. I've never had to replace a servo gear since I've been using plastic arms like that. Yep. Yep. They could hold up to whatever abuse you give them, but right. in a crash, and I have used bendable snap. aluminum arms like on my X five. Okay. And I use an aluminum arm on the Protos, but it's a whole different system. It actually has like a hut, like a, a piece that mounts the servo, and then the arm clamps around it. Yep. And they will actually slip in a crash. Yeah. To save your servos. See, so I was a little skeptical about using the aluminum arms. What? Yeah. Did a little bit of research, and they said they do bend before breaking the servo gear. I have seen metal aluminum you know either aluminum or whatever uh arms on servos a couple of years ago, probably when i was first starting out in the hobby my first thought was oh this guy must be really good because he can use uh you know aluminum or metal servo yeah. arms and he never crashes like i'd be tearing that shit up every crash but now it kind of makes sense and like a line had a bunch of them and a line and used them and they were horrible because every time you mm-hmm. crash no i'm talking about the line ones were like solid yeah. Every time you crash, you took out your servo gears. Yeah. Seacraft had some that had a big hole, hole in the middle, mm-hmm. so they would bend. Yep. So I don't, I don't know how well they worked or whatever. And the SAB ones I noticed are kind of like a hardened plastic, if there is such a thing. So it definitely yeah. The SAB or, or the Mikado. I think they're composite plastic, but, like there's yeah, nothing in yeah. it. It's almost like a carbon infused plastic. Right. Yeah. That might be what you just said, Steve. Yeah, uh, great idea, though. But they, they're they just strong enough to hold up to, I mean, they can hold up to Kyle Stacy or Kyle Dahl, then they're mm-hmm. obviously good enough for me. That little yeah. part's probably the, the most engineered part on the whole helicopter, you know what I mean? <laughs> to be like that tolerance, you know? Yeah. Where it's yeah. got to hold up to the, the torque of the, the servo itself and then to give in a crash. Yeah. I have broke plenty of them crashes yep but i rarely ever break a link i've never broke a servo gear so that's good that's good mm-hmm. yeah i'd much rather change a servo arm than have to t- change a servo gear absolutely oh, sure. yeah okay the pinion is pretty cool the pinion itself has a bearing uh is supported by a bearing at the top and the bottom it's a helical gear and the motor shaft goes through that with your typical set screw stuff. But the cool, like I said, the cool thing is instead of just having a bearing below it, like typical. Oh, I see. Yeah. To support your motor shaft, the actual pinion is supported on the top and the bottom. So there's zero load transferred to your motor. You could literally take the set screw out, pull the motor out and stick a new one in without even adjusting the, the gear lash. Oh, wow. Because the servo, the uh, pinion is held in place on its own, independent of the motor shaft. Yeah, that's that's a neat design. Like That takes, yeah, like you're saying, zero load on the motor means less yes. maintenance on the motor. And it's a very tall 
helical gear and a very mm-hmm. tall pinion. So it has a lot of gear contact. Yep. All the gear contact. <laughs> yes. I ended up with a 10 tooth pinion and okay. I'm still over geared with my, uh, five thirty KV motor for my setup, my head speed. Hmm. Uh, it comes with an 11 and they okay. also have a 12 mm-hmm. and then they have a, a, another main gear that's a couple teeth different and then an 11 12 and 13 that will fit it more options freaking running 2700 (laughs) the 11 that comes with it with Mm -hmm. a 530 kv motor is and i had like i'd written all this down and i've it's been so long i've lost my paper all the the actual gearing ratios Mm -hmm. and stuff but it's designed out of a box to run like 2250, 2300. Nice. Wow. So, which is all well and good if you're going to fly that. I don't. I want to fly like 2000. So I went down to the 10 tooth, which is really small. Like it barely even has enough room for the set screw to engage. Oh, wow. Okay. So I'm not super happy about that. It really needs to have a a lower KV motor and I didn't really think about it when I was ordering. I just ordered the, the 45, 25, 530, yeah. which is kind of the standard, uh, motor. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you would want like a 480 or 500. Yeah. I need like a 480 or 490. Yeah. So that's, I kind of wish it had a little bit larger main gear mm-hmm. so that you could have a little bit more options. Because a ten tooth is getting very, very small, and the smaller you go, you have a little bit less gear contact. Yeah. So. Well, each feel, tooth gets a little bit less contact because there's just correct. Not that's that what I'm gear. saying. Well, you have less teeth contact, contact right. actually. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm still a little bit over geared. I think at twenty one fifty, which I. I'm set. My idle three is at like 2050, but I cranked it up. I can get like 2150 at like 86 or something percent throttle. Mm-hmm. So at my normal like 1950, I'm only at like 75% throttle or something. I can't remember exactly, but it's a mm-hmm. little bit too low to be honest. I would rather be at 2050 at like 85% throttle, kind of in that sweet spot. Yeah. But it's okay. I may swap out the motor or something, mm-hmm. put this motor over in my protos or, or whatever. Just be aware if you want to run lower head speed, make sure you get a lower KV motor because yeah. the, the gearing options are a little bit limited for low RPM. If you're on a crank it up and run it at 2300, you're not going to have any problem because it, it, it'll do that. Mm-hmm. Crank it up. Exactly. Uh, one more cool thing is that they come out with after I actually got my kit, the, they have a, an optional pitch arm. So it's a 26 or 30 millimeter. And I think the standard is. 
it has two options. You can either go 26 or 30. Mm-hmm. So you can put the ball in. There's two threaded holes. So depending on, you don't have to change the arm. You just yep. change, move the ball. And then they come out with an optional one that's like 30 and 34 maybe. I can't remember, but it's even a little longer for F3C type stuff. So okay. the outside hole on the stock one is 30. That's the one I'm using. Or you can get an optional one where the inside hole is 30 and then it has a longer outside hole. So that just changes the geometry just like on your Kraken where you would change from a 30 to a 26. You could do the same with this by just mm. moving the ball in. Yeah, which is good because you can technically kind of just do it at the field and almost go back to back. I mean, obviously letting the, the Loctite dry and stuff, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, all he needs is a, a two-millimeter driver or mm-hmm. one and a half, whatever it is. Screw one, yeah. screw it out, screw it back in, and good to go. Yep. Sweet. So besides, you know, the, the, the couple of things that you mentioned, so everything else, the kit went together really well. Mm-hmm. No issues. Awesome. No real issues. I was like the wiring and stuff. I know we're going to talk about what you put into it, but like just the overall layout of the wiring and stuff. Was there um, an easy way of wiring it where you can wire nice and neat and out of the way? Yeah, I, w- I kind of uh, I kind of went quick and sloppy with this one compared okay. to my normal ones. So form over uh, function over form, okay? Yeah, which I kind of yeah. always do. There's, I didn't find it hard to route the wires inside the frame, okay? Like I kind of tra- traditionally do. I, only thing I didn't do on this one is put wire loom over mm-hmm. the wires, on the servo wires. I did okay. wire loom the ESC wires just to bundle those all together <laughs> because I have two servo leads. You know, the, the one for the ESC and then the, mm-hmm. the BEC with the governor the and then the mm-hmm. a telemetry wire. So I bundle all those together in a loom. Nice. Okay. And run them out the side. And then I, I slip inside the frame and go on back to the fly barless. Nice. So it's, uh, I'd say it's kind of average. I mean, it's, it doesn't have like a special great place to put anything, mm-hmm. but it's not tight or hard to wire yeah and you could run everything on the outside of the frame if you want to make it super quick and easy to swap out mm-hmm. or you can take time and run everything inside the frame i kind of did a half and half sort of a thing okay and what about like extensions and stuff you had to use a lot of extensions or was like the placement of your components close enough to the fibers and you can kind of yeah i did a home run it. I didn't use any extensions. Oh, awesome. Nice. I don't think I've ever had to use any extensions on anything, to be honest. Mm. Okay. Yeah, definitely not on servos, and I don't think typically... Yeah, usually ESC is the only one I would say that you really have to run extensions, if if you do, you know? Yeah. I, I don't... None of my models have... I've needed that. I think that's a goblin thing, because they're mounted so low. In the front, um, the older ones, yeah, yeah, like the the Black Thunder, um, yeah. Black Thunder, the sports and stuff, yeah, yeah, because it's a pretty long run when you're Dude, going from I the bet bottom you didn't up. Have to do that on your Kraken, did you? Because mounted up top, I bet you had enough length. 
I don't remember. Maybe. No, I don't think so. I don't think I needed the leads to do on the, Of course, now I'm using hobby wings, and they yeah. have, they're pretty long. So yeah, yeah, I don't think I had to on the Kraken, but I did have to deal with my servos because I ended up cutting those leads for another helicopter. So that I okay. That, that's but uh, that's on me though. That was in the the yeah. servos range. Cool. All uh, right. So yeah, let's... I guess I could talk a little bit about. Well, let's go ahead and talk about the setup and stuff. I yeah. Talk a little bit about CG and you was talking about placement of things, but let's go okay. through the setup real quick. Yeah. So we'll know where you're, what you're placing where. Yeah. So, all right. So what about your setup? What okay. You so on? I have the, an X Nova 4525, 530 KV motor. Mm-hmm. I use the hobby wing 130 amp high voltage GSC. Nice. The expert R2 servos all around. Mm-hmm. Brain 2 fly borrowers with a jetty receiver, and I've got an R2 prototyping buffer unit. And then I currently have switch 713 mains and switch 115 tails. Nice. I was going with a little, I was kind of going with a lightweight setup with the 4525 and the 130 ESC. Mm-hmm. And I'm, pr- I'm, well, I'm very happy with that. Like, I don't feel like I need the 4530 or the 160 or, or 200. Right. You see, like, I'm not pulling, I'm only pulling like 100 amps usually. I mean, I might get to 150 very rarely for just a second or two. Mm-hmm. So I'm well within the, the capabilities of the 130. Yes. And that saves some weight as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's way smaller. So speaking of that, I did find, and this might be due to my setup with the smaller ESC and the smaller motor, I originally had the R2 buffer unit mounted on the back, like behind okay. where the battery tray would go, like between the the main mechanics and the skids. There's a mm-hmm. plate, you know, on the back. Okay. Which yeah. is the perfect place to mount that. Yeah. But I had trouble getting the batteries far enough forward due to the canopy to get the CG correct. Mm. So I moved the R2 buffer unit up to, there's a spot below the SC tray. Mm-hmm. It fits perfectly, but I had to, you know, run the wire back. So it's right. like, like yeah, the a little more annoying. Mm-hmm. Actually, I didn't have to extend it. it oh, reached. no? Yeah. The lead was able to reach. Hmm. So my grievance with this is that is mainly due to the canopy. The okay. canopy is narrow in the front, and it doesn't really stick out as far as I feel like it could. So what happens is if you slide the batteries, because I had enough tray i could have slid the batteries another inch forward or two and would solved all this problem but then the bottom of the battery hits the bottom of the canopy so you can't get the ah. okay wires and stuff in a way that just makes it makes the matter that much worse didn't they um like re-release with like a bigger canopy i thought I remember hearing something about I that. I don't know. And I wondered about that. I mean, my kit's what? Uh, three or four months old? When did I get that? Back right yeah, before Not long ago, yeah. 
So maybe if it's been in the last six months, it definitely needed a longer, like a bigger canopy. Yeah. Not a lot, but it needs more room to be able to slide the batteries forward. Now, all that being said, if you're running a 200 amp ESC and a 4530 or something, it's probably not going to be an issue because you're going to have more weight up there. Mm -hmm. Off that. But that's the, one of the issues I ran into. So I had to move some stuff around. But it does work. I do have it CGing uh, about perfect. and But the, the canopy is a little snug with my wires and stuff. Mm -hmm. But but it does work like you can, it does fit and snap on and everything. Right. All right. So let's talk about your first flight. How did that yeah. go? Your maiden. The maiden or maiden was very <laughs> uneventful. Okay, that's great. good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> the the tail was actually great. It was almost perfect, like right out of the box. Just really. Yeah. Nice. Probably that fiddling I did to get it smooth and stuff paid off because I, I no wag I held okay. You know, I had to do, you know, a couple tail gain yeah. adjustments, but I mean, pr pretty freaking good. Almost every heli I've built had a little bit of a tail wag on the first couple flights so it gets broken in. Mm -hmm. Which I just ignore. I mean, if it you can tell if it's a mechanical wag, like it's a little slow back and forth in a hover. Mm -hmm. But this one was smooth, like it it was just damn near perfect. Nice. And the cyclic was really really good. I had no bobbles or wobbles or or mm -hmm. anything, like right out of the box, which is I don't know. I mean, it's kind of surprising to not have really anything. I did fine-tune stuff a little bit later, mm -hmm. but the very first flight was, I mean, I hovered it for 10 seconds and then just went to flying it normal, you know, 3D. It's nice. kind of how I made, and I don't, I'm pretty confident in my build abilities, so I don't, like, as long as the, the, the tail gyros going in the right direction which right. Mm -hmm. i made that mistake a couple times <laughs> once it gets into a hover uh, it's usually good yeah you know awesome yeah and you said you don't run crazy head speed so that's actually pretty good that you don't have any tail wag or bobbles on something like that you know yeah i was start, i was like 16 1700 you know and no no tail wags or anything that's pretty good and then go up to like 2000 and then i i'll max out the p gain on the tail and kind of see where it starts to wag and fast flight or something mm -hmm. and back off a little from that and then that's usually plenty good enough for the first flight and i'll do that all by like while i'm flying just bump it up here or there just to see yeah but you know, you, usually you'll have to do a little bit of fine tuning, or I do with with the cyclic stuff. Just doing like the hard stops, like a hard tick tock or something, get a little bit of wobble. But this one was really, really smooth. Nice. So, not pr pretty good experience for the first flight. 
no problems really. Awesome. Cool. Uh, let's see. Crash. Yeah, I've had a couple crashes by now. Okay. By now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've, I've had, had this, this thing for like yeah. six months. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I mean, I do crash, Kevin. I, I've never it's seen just, it happen. I think just that's not, a myth. Just, just not, <laughs> but. just not regularly. Okay. So the first one, I I had a tip over during a slide a sliding auto. And I'm not sure if the skids broke and caused the tip over or if they caught first, tipped over, and then caused them to break. I mean, you you guys both know that I can auto decent enough, and I'm mm-hmm. pretty good at sliding autos. So I, it's not like I come in and smack the ground and slide. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I, so I don't know if they caught, you know, I caught a clump of grass or something. It tipped it over and they broke. Yeah. But anyway, the, uh, the skid, like the plastic struts of the skid seem fairly brittle. That's like, what I've been hearing. I thought it broke way too easy. Okay. Like this was a, this was a very minor tip over. Like it, it knocked a dent in the boom when one of the blades kind of folded, mm-hmm. but it didn't actually break a blade or break the, bend the boom enough to hurt anything it just knocked a little dent in it okay so i don't see a landing like that should not cause the skids to break curious with the broken skid have you tried to break with your hands just figure like does there flex or is it just like it's fairly brittle the ones that i had were the black ones Mm -hmm. and it's it almost reminded me of a polycarbonate type of a plastic I don't know what kind it is, but it's not your typical plastic. It, it doesn't feel and look like your typical plastic. It feels like a very rigid, but it's going to break instead of bend. Yeah, I know it's like shiny and kind of like shiny and slippery. where it broke was shiny. It reminded me of polycarbonate, to be honest. Mm, okay. And you know how it will break instead of bend? Yeah. I don't know. I I don't have any info on what type of plastic this is. Mm -hmm. The white ones seem like they're stronger. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if there's two different plastics for the black one and the white one, but I was not impressed with the brittleness of the black ones. So really no damage on that other than one broke skid or, or strut. I did eventually dumb thumb it into the ground and crashes are definitely where this model shines. Like I almost hit under power. Like I, I just barely got throttle hold in time. I don't know. I just had a brain fart or something. I took off and did a couple pyros and like stood it on the tail to to like punch away from me and pyroed and done. I don't know something. But I hit the ground. So you went in you know? like in a weird orientation? Nah, no, because I always I kind of hit the ground like with the skids down sort of because yeah. I always almost save it. But then I don't hardly really save it. <laughs> OK, I, I don't. To be honest, I don't remember exact orientation I hit. I just remember that it 
come as close to being hitting the ground under full power than I've done in a long, long time because I'm very quick on throttle hold. And I usually hit throttle hold and somehow manage to almost stop the rotor by the time it hit the ground to okay. minimize damage. Right. This one, it just like, bam, I was in the ground. I didn't even know what happened. Yeah. So, but like I said, crashes is the probably the best thing of this model. So, it ripped out both pitch arms. It like ripped them clean off the, the grips. But in doing that, the links, did, the plastic didn't even break on the links. Nice. The links are beefy. They're turnbuckles, mm-hmm. not not even a degree of bend, and the plastic parts were perfect. Awesome. Wow. So, I again, I feel like these pitch arms might be a failure point because they, they ripped off really easy. Well, would it be like, so when it ripped off, it ripped the screws out or like, no. did it damage the main grip? No. No, so it's still it bolted break? on fine. They bolt on from the outside. So yeah. it just broke the, it just, it broke the, the arms. Just the part that sticks off of like, like right. past the screws, the, right? The like bolts are the still screws? there. You take the bolts out. The threads were perfect. Okay. Oh, All wow. Right. So yeah, I guess it, might, it broke it them be. instead of ripped them out. Yeah, and I feel like it's if it broke without even breaking right the screws the or bending the screws, mm-hmm. that um, it might be like a softer aluminum just as a as a weak. Yeah, point, right? I'm wondering if it's a, a so like sixty sixty one or something. Yeah, right, because it didn't even break the pitch arms, like you're saying, or I mean the uh, the linkage, like you're saying. It didn't hurt anything on the grips. Yeah. It didn't even break didn't the even plastic a little. All in grips. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Uh, and they're they're not terribly expensive. I think the set is eighteen bucks, sixteen, eighteen dollars. So it's not not the cheapest thing, but definitely not bad. I've bought other brands that were like thirty dollars a pair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So I broke. Let's see. Uh. So the pitch arms. Skid struts and pipes, bent those. A boom. I took out all the bearings in the head. And the co- total cost for all the parts minus the blades was $49. Wow. Oh, my God. So $49 replaced the, the skid struts, the pipes, the boom, all the bearings. All the bearings. In the head. I didn't do main shaft bearings because they were perfect because they're freaking huge. And the the pitch arms, I didn't have to buy any links, or you know the plastic ball links ends oh. or anything. Oh, that's great! And so I, I was out of set of blades, and those parts I just listed. So now I'm curious to why you did the bearings in the head. Did you see a problem, or were you yes. just like, oh, no, okay. they were they needed replacing? Okay, because it I, like I said, it hit almost like I caught throttle hole, but just barely. Yeah, so the blades hit ground pretty hard so the the radial bearings were notchy okay and the thrust bearings i don't know i mean if i'm putting radials i'm gonna put thrust in anyway right, right. they might have been okay but it hit pretty hard okay one thing i noticed the bearing the radial bearings in the head are slightly oversized which is weird wait 
slightly over, like the factory bearings. The factory bearings. I oh. can't remember. I think they're a 19 OD. I can't remember. Okay. So th- they measure like 19.01. Oh, wow. Or two, something like that. So I'm talking just a few thousands. Mm-hmm. But they fit perfectly in the factory grips. So I found this by taking my non-factory bearings. Yeah. And putting it in there, and it where the others like pressed in, these just fell in. Oh, turn okay. it up, they fall out. Yeah, like, it's not enough to wiggle it around in there. Yeah, it's not enough to hold it in place. It's not seated properly. Yeah, right. Like what the hell? Man, these bearings huh. I got are bad. Yeah. So I measure the bearings I got; they're dead on. I measure hmm. the one I just took out; it's oversized. So I'm like, well, fuck. Now what? That's so weird, yeah. So <laughs> so it's like the bearings they got were oversized or something, and then they made Machine the grip it. match the bearings. Yeah. But it doesn't match anything else. If you go buy a 19 or what, I can't remember. I think they're 19 OD, but don't quote me on that. I could mm-hmm. be wrong. But if you go buy one anywhere else, it's not going to fit perfect. Wow. Now, it's fine. I just used, uh, I think I used medium CA and set them with that, just enough to keep them from falling out. Once you put the head together, they're obviously not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And they weren't loose enough to wobble around or have any like axial play. They were just loose enough to fall out. So you, you could use bearing retainer would probably be better. I just yeah. don't like to got to heat it up so hot to get them out and, Oh. And and being so close to your thrust bearings too, you know. Yeah, so I just use a tiny, a tiny bit of of like medium or a thick CA with a toothpick around the OD of the bearing and then slide it in place. So it's it's not a huge problem, but it is interesting. So those are bearings that you had. Or, yes. Okay. I so, probably ordered them for this model because I, I buy bearings by the 10 pack. Right. Because it's cheaper. I don't, mm-hmm. I get, you know, you can buy bearings from any of the aftermarket places for like a dollar a bearing. And yeah. if you go buy them OEM, they're two or $3 a bearing. Yeah. Or a set of two will usually be like five or $6. So I wonder yeah. if you've got them direct from XL Power, if they would be correct. I bet they would be. But that still is weird. It is. Yeah. yeah. If it's a 19 millimeter bang, it should be 19. It should be, it shouldn't be 19.02. Right. And it is 19. It's a 10 by 19 by seven. Okay. That's what I thought. I'm sure I already had those cause those are used in a lot of the thing. 10 millimeter spindles. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I find that fascinating because I've, I've done that with bolts. Like I don't want to pay $5 for. For you sure. Know, for four bolts when I yeah. can get a hundred, you know? Yeah. For five bucks. And no, I've done I have a, with tons of bolts. A plastic shoe box just full of bearings. Cause like if I don't have them, like if I order bearings to redo the head on this, I need four of them. I'll just buy 10. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'll need, I'll use them next time or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I just. I always buy more than I need and I just sort of develop a stock and especially on stuff that it's used on over multiple models. 
Yeah, the common bearing. Like ten by nineteen is right. in the head of several things I have. Yep. That's about everything about the crash. I mean, the the parts are super cheap. Yeah. We'll get into that a little bit more here in a minute. But, awesome. uh, yeah. All right. So let's talk about your likes, your your pros and cons, right? Your likes and dislikes. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So what do you like about it? Inexpensive parts. Mm-hmm. The parts are very inexpensive. It's light. Mine come at 11.5 pounds, ready to fly with a Genzae's 60C stick pack. So I have lighter batteries and I have a couple that are a little bit heavier. But, okay. So that's kind of my average. Your batteries may differ. Okay. The only thing I've added to this that's not a stock thing would be the R2 buffer unit. It doesn't weigh a lot. So if guys are getting them down in the 11 pound range, I don't see how maybe smaller blades or something. I'm, like I said, this is with the switch seven thirteens. And what, the one what packs tests. are you using? You said, you said Gen C 12 S, but what, what milliamps? Uh, uh, 5,000. 5,000. So they might be doing 4,500s. That's possible. Yeah. I think you can shave half a pound with, that and like without the buffer pad. Yeah, and like I said, these are sixty Cs. I've yeah. have some forty five Cs. Forty five lighter. Mm-hmm. For sure. But still eleven point five, eleven point six. Not bad. No. That's pretty and I fly it without a canopy a lot of times and it's like eleven point three. Yeah. Without the canopy. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's not bad. I mean that's pretty light for a seven hundred of this size, I I think. Yeah, that can swing full like seven thirteens and one fifteen yeah. tails. Yeah. yeah, and it's a beefy heli too, man. Yeah, I think, I think. the. I don't know what the max. I think I believe. I know it'll run seven sixteens. I think you can run seven seventeens with one fifteens, but that's pushing it. That's the, almost. Yeah, the specs on the page say seven sixteen. Yeah, seven sixteens with uh, one hundred five or one fifteen. I, yeah. I I'm sure I could do seven sixteen one fifteen. Um, I think yeah. like I think I had some VTX on here at one point seven seventeens. So I think mm-hmm. you can get by with that, but now that's that's about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, it <laughs> it almost depends on how tight your boom is, really. At that point, I mean, because you're talking about fractions of a millimeter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, one cool thing about it that's completely irrelevant to anything about how it flies, but this heli will sit on its skids even with the blades folded and no battery in it. With no battery. Okay. Really? Which nice. I don't have any helis that will do that. They all sit on the tail fin. If there's blades are folding, then there's no battery. And what's the... Um that's interesting. The skids, do they lean back or lean forward or lean... lean- uh. Either way, they lean forward. I've got them leaning forward, actually, but I have the skid pipe sticking out as far as it'll go out the back. So it tips just a little bit to back to the skid pipe mm-hmm. touches, but you can set it on a table with the tail hanging off the table and yeah, it'll have it fall off, right? Yeah. yeah Which, like I said, it, that means absolutely nothing other than just I set it up there. I was like, well, I'll be damned. Yeah, right. Because, you know, 
a lot of stuff when you fold the blades, they just fall over backwards. Yep. So that's cool. And so with that, how does a CG? It's CG's good. Like it, yeah. I've got it. Like I said earlier. Yeah. I had to move the packs up a little bit, and then I had to mm-hmm. move the buffer unit forward, and because I couldn't move the packs as far forward as I would have liked to. But I have it perfectly CG'd. Okay, cool. Uh, the sh- the the shaft, the strong main shaft, and the big ass bearings. I think that's a big plus in my book. Nice. Like like I hit the ground with it hard enough to. Yeah, sure. That's like stuff really off. notch the radial bearings in the head. Mm-hmm. The main shaft bearings are smooth as can be. Yeah. Oh, nice. if you hit if you hit the head, if you take out the head bearings, you know usually that'll take out the main shaft bearings, or at least the main shaft. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. being the main shaft. Yeah. yeah. This one, the main shaft bearings are great. Nice. So I don't know what it would take to destroy those, but. A pretty good lick, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure, um, you know, Merlino at, at Mach 2 yeah. drives it right in, would probably do yeah. some damage. But yeah, that's like Get a lot. pavement <laughs> with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's pretty strong. Stronger than probably anything else I have. Nice. So, uh, my dislike list. Oh boy, yeah. This is free fall. We don't hold back any punches on our reviews. No. Nah, man. Usually. At least... Us three don't. No, because we purchase them ourselves, man. Exactly. Uh, the skid struts are brittle. I talked yeah. about that a minute ago. Mm-hmm. I would like better gearing options. Mm-hmm. I already spoke about that. If the main gear was a little bit bigger, you could have a lot better gearing options. Uh, the canopy short and narrow in the front. Hard to get the batteries far enough forward for a proper CG. Uh, as oh. I said earlier, a bigger motor in ESC would probably help that, but it wouldn't have hurt anything to make the canopy a uh, half inch wider and two inches longer in the in the front. Or it really wouldn't even have to be longer if it was just a little bit bigger in the bottom. A little yeah, bit. a little bit wider in the Deep. bottom. Yeah. Yep. The CNC work needed, quote unquote, aftercare. You know, mm-hmm. I had to deburr some some of the machine parts. Yeah, you know, it's not a big deal, but it's there. Right. No belt tensioner. Oh. Some have them, some don't. This one doesn't. I kind of like a belt tensioner because I'm used to that on my protos. Once I set it, don't matter the weather, I don't really have to worry about it. Yeah. Especially when the belt starts to kind of stretch a little, like you have a little bit more time yeah, before you well, have to make adjustments. Plus, you're talking about temperature differentials. Right. You, if you set it in the summer and then you fly in the winter, it's going to be too loose or vice versa. The way the the belt tensions, the, the clamps are – I don't know how to explain this. So, there's two cl- – there's two – clamps that are bolted to the frame that clamp the aluminum tail boom right Mm -hmm. and they're only about a quarter uh, maybe three-eighths of an inch thick okay in two spots Mm -hmm. and they have a you know a bolt that clamps it down yep which is it's it holds it but they actually want you to pin the boom 
in the manual. So you screw a screw in there and it, it mm-hmm. cuts into the aluminum and pins it in place. Okay. Okay. Which is, I, I have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. The problem is there's no tensioner. So if you're flying in 30 or 40 degree weather or flying in 90 degree weather, your belt's going to be a different tension. So you're going to need to move that boom and retension your belt for different times of the year or whatever. So when you cut a hole in it, now you're kind of stuck with that hole. Yeah. You can notch it, but then that defeats the per- the usefulness of the pin to hold it from slipping or moving any. So I don't, I'm not crazy about that design. Like the Protos, for example, has a, the, the full contact of the, the boom, like a three inch piece, that whole thing clamps. Once mm-hmm. you tighten it down, it doesn't ever move no matter what. But that's heavier. Yeah. You know, I don't know how to get a bigger clamp without adding weight. Even a tensioner would add weight. So I don't know. I don't know how to address that exactly, but I feel like it's not as good as it could be. Okay. Thoughts? Questions? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a hard one. Um, <laughs> you know. Yeah, because if you pin it, like you're saying, then you're set to that distance and you can't adjust that distance. If you don't pin it, then you'd have to adjust it and it might not hold as well, I'm guessing, right? So. Yeah. I, I have moved it. What I did is I just rotated it a little bit and then pinned it again. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Just rotate it the does, boom. The boom does not have any yeah. keys or grooves or anything. It's just mm-hmm. an aluminum piece. Yeah. And once you dig that screw in, there's a hole there. So you can loosen your tailbox on the back and loosen yep. your or your um, braces clamp. And you, you can just rotate the boom 20 degrees and retension it. And mm-hmm. So that's how I addressed it. And talking about the, the belt and stuff, the pulleys are too small, in my opinion. So the, the tail pulley in the back and the front tail pulley, I feel like need to be bigger. So it has a good tail ratio. It has a 4.7 out of the box, and it has an optional rear tail pulley to bring that up to like five, I think. Okay. Five to one. Nice. I didn't go with a five to one because it's an even smaller pulley. Mm. I would like to see both of those be bigger. I would like to see a bigger main gear and a bigger tail pulley so that you could put tail drive pulley and a bigger, that way you could put a bigger pulley in the back. The reason for that is you could run a lot less tension on the belt and still not slip. Yep. Not skip a tooth. Yep. Like I build it with a moderate tension and I could slip it. So I had to pull Mm. it tight. Like, goblin tight almost which is fine now it doesn't slip but that induced more drag mm-hmm. for autos and stuff yeah. so oh I, you didn't really talk about it. how does it auto it autos really well 
for the mm-hmm. amount of belt drag it has. Okay. So I doesn't auto hardly as good as the Protos. Definitely not as good as a torque tube something like mm-hmm. um, right. the Whiplash the or whatever. Whiplash, yeah. But it autos pr- pretty good. Okay. Pretty damn good, actually. I was actually very surprised, to be honest. Okay. But like I said, the, and this is just my opinion. I know all, you got to factor in weight and... I'm not an engineer exactly, but I feel like a bigger pulleys, you could loosen the belt, put a spring tensioner on there, and that would solve everything. You'd have way less drags, it'd auto way better, and it still wouldn't slip. The only thing is but, now you're adding a lot of extra weight, and yeah. know, one of the things about that heli is the, the weight of it, right? So Right. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how much weight the bigger pulleys would add. You know, in my opinion, it'd be worth an extra ounce. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's I, I feel like this heli is more designed for high head speed smack. You know, we're not too concerned about autos or stuff yeah. like that. Yep. It really suits a a Merlino or a you know. Whatever, whoever. CD, Compagnoi, yeah, yeah, all those guys yeah. are just yeah, out yeah. of this world smack pilots, yep. Yep. So, Andy, would you recommend this to somebody that's getting into, you know, this size of a helicopter? Or would you say hold off uh, until, you you know, maybe your second 700? Or what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I, I want to address that in just a second, Okay, Kevin. I have a very clear opinion about that. Okay. Oh, okay. One more dislike. Mm-hmm. The stock battery tray lock is fucking stupid. <laughs> okay, what does that mean? Okay. That means to lock the battery in, you have a thumb screw that goes through a hole and you snug down with your finger. I okay, know at yeah, least three that. different yeah. people where the thumb screw backed out and went through the blades. Oh. And your batteries can shoot out. So it's not a captured screw or anything like that? No. Wow. I think it might be, but the little capture thing fails, so it just falls out. Okay, so they fix that. There's an upgraded spring clip where the the thumb screw would go. You pull up. It's like a spring-loaded lock. It works great. Yeah, spring-loaded pin thing. Mm. It works fantastic. No issues. With that, it's great. Okay. But just be aware if you buy one, be sure you get the upgraded battery lock. You know, get the updated one and build it with that, like I did. Nice. Because the stock one is just a horrible idea. Okay. (laughs) The guys I know that run those take a screwdriver and crank it down before they take off. Wow. Because you can't get it tight enough with your finger. You know, I'm saying it's like a little. Thumb yeah. screw that's like three eighths diameter or whatever that's knurled. Right. Yeah, two or three people have lost them. And wow. then your battery's just sitting there. It yeah. could literally slide yeah. out. Just slide yeah. out. And the, the and the upgrade thing is it's not expensive. So just get it and put it on to start with. Yep. Cool. There's a bunch of other up well, talk about mods, I guess. Yeah. 
Um, so, but anyway, any... that's my list of delocks or dislocks. Okay. okay. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Do you have any uh, building or tech tips? Uh, yes. Be sure you take time to get the tail smooth. Okay. Get the yeah. tail mechanics as smooth as you possibly can. If it takes you an extra hour to fiddle dick around with it, just do it. You'll definitely be more happy in the long run. And this kind of applies to any model you're building. Mm-hmm. If that tail slider is not buttery smooth, figure out why and fix it. Whether it's polish the shaft, polish the ID of the brass part that slides on the shaft. Uh, a lot of times it's something to do with the the links between the slider and the the tail grips. You know, yeah. sometimes those can bind up and not be smooth or it can be over-tightened, cause them to bind. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do, make sure your tail is good and smooth. That's very important. And then a tip for this heli in particular, because it doesn't have any keying to the tail box, to the boom, or the boom to the, the frame, it's just uh, it can be turned any way. Instead of tightening the tail box, like they, I think it tells you to do that in the manual. I can't remember. Most people do. And then they pull the the boom out of the frame to tension the belt. Mm-hmm. So now you're trying to tension the belt, but keep the tail box square, the tail fin on it, right. and then tighten the clamps. So an easier way to do that is leave the tailbox loose, line it up, but you're not overly concerned, pull the boom out and tension the belt as tight as you want, clamp that down, and then go back there to the to the tailbox and square it up with the rest of the heli. And now that since it, the belt's holding it under tension, it's not going to move around easy, but you can you, you can just grab it and spin it get it perfectly square, get your tail fin perfectly vertical, and then tighten the clamp for that. That's okay. uh, a very simple way to tension the belt, and you won't drive yourself crazy. Do you have any mods or anything that you think? It's no real mods, but mm-hmm. there are several upgrades available. Uh, one is that quick-change battery tray lock I yep. spoke about. And I also use the magnetic canopy mounts and those go on the front only okay uh they're okay they're nowhere near as good as the protos ones mm-hmm. they hold great but they're very hard to disengage mm. okay that's good to know yeah like you have to like they're just very hard to get to come undone i actually cut some took us cut some vinyl pieces and stacked up two or three in there to make it easier to come undone, it's still kind of tight. Okay. So, but uh, it's better than trying to put the pin things in, you know, the stock ones. It's easy to get the canopy on, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, they have some braces, a couple different braces for some stuff. I Mine's just complete bone stock, except for that canopy mount and those battery i mean mm-hmm. yeah the canopy mounts and the battery tray lock yep i 
maybe you need the braces, the extra stuff. I, I don't know. I thought I'd fly it without it and see. I haven't really noticed anything, but I also don't fly super duper hard. So, okay. All right. Is that it for that? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. So let's, uh, let's go to the conclusion. What's your final thoughts on this? Okay. The stock, uh, or the, the list price for this kit, like I have here was six ninety nine, And at that, I think it's a, a very good value. I don't think I would consider it like a flagship machine, like of my fleet. Okay. But that's just me. You know, mm-hmm. that's not, that's not a positive or negative. That's just me. Yep. It does fly fantastic and there's not any bad tendencies that I can detect. It is very quick off center and very fast, but that's, most would consider that a positive. So I don't consider it a positive or a negative. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. It crashes well and it has very low, like a low parts count. It's a very simple machine, really. I, I see this as an unbeatable practice heli or like a beater for lack of a better term. Well, good where point. you can go out and just bang out flight after flight and crash after crash without breaking the bank. Uh, like I put in here, a boom is friggin' $8. So, Jeez. and like, like I told you, I, I hit the ground pretty good that one time. It was 49 bucks plus blades. Yeah. So I wrote here, take it out day after day, beat the loving, ever loving shit out of it. And it should <laughs> up. You know, big shafts, big bearings, it's lightweight and super cheap parts. My grievances are just small nitpicky things. They can all be overcome fairly easily. Uh, sure, I would like better, wider skids, bigger pulleys, more room in the front of the canopy. But I'm over, I'm willing to overlook these small things to have a heli that won't break the bank every crash. Yep. So I guess to answer your question, Kevin, would I recommend this to someone that's not flying at 2300 head speed and flying like Andrew Molino? Absolutely. If you're looking for a heli to get practice on that, you're not going to be afraid to crash. I would absolutely recommend this for that application. That's good news. Cause Mike D has this model. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just, mm-hmm. I, I had him in mind, like he's pretty new to flying helis and, you know, I'm thinking, did he, did he buy something he should have, but yeah, he, he talked to me, like I talked to him a little bit before he bought it. He was asking me about it and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like I say for it, I mean, it, it flies great. I don't just because I wouldn't consider it a flagship machine or a super high end machine doesn't mean it's a bad machine right you know i'm i'm comparing to a miniature aircraft or a sab or a synergy i don't feel like it's on that level quality wise but to i honestly can't tell that it flies bad in any way shape or form like it actually flies fantastic 
Yeah, I I don't remember Mike ever having a problem with his. He's he's flown it numerous times at the field that we've been out yeah. there. And I haven't heard of a whole lot of issues myself, other than a mm-hmm. few. Just the skids. That's the really skids don't is, a, is a problem. Um, there's had a few people had some stuff that was probably build errors, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for the money, it's going to be very hard to beat. Yeah. It's not the cheapest kit out there, but it's definitely on the less expensive end. Do you know what the price of a Black Thunder is, Steve? Just for curiosity. I think it's somewhere close to that. Like a sport. Uh, around me, 700 bucks. 750. I thought it was uh, 700 but let me quickly check. I forgot myself, but... um. Well, you're anyway. talking about like the, the cheaper, like the Thunder Sport, right? You're yeah, about? yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the Thunder Sport is six ninety eight, same dollar price. Cheaper. Yeah, dollar so cheap. it's it's so it's not the cheapest kit out there when you have mm-hmm. the Soxos and the mm-hmm. the Agile. Right. Oh, the Agile's super like cheap. But, but yeah. I'm going to say this is going to hold up better than some of those. And the parts prices are very cheap. I can't say, like, if it's going to cost you more or less to crash this than crash a Goblin Black Thunder Sport. That, there's too many variables. Right. Yeah. I'm going to guess probably, depending on your crashes, it's going to cost less. But I can't say that. If your boom breaks off, um, like, detaches like it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. It could be fairly equal. If yeah. you break the boom, then you've just, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. It's like the, 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 boom, the, boom the boom is, is more than your as crash much as the entire crash. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. So yeah. it's going to be very hard to beat, in my opinion, for the, the parts processing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome review, dude. So I would recommend it for what it is. Is what it is. Excellent yeah. review. You're gonna put my Oxy Five review to shame. Uh, my Oxy Five. It's just, I'm gonna go get one. All right, next. <laughs> <laughs> I like it a little more every time. Mm-hmm. Like I was really annoyed by some of the stuff when I build it, but the more I fly it, the more I like it. Yeah. Awesome. That's good. It man. just just works. That's it. That's all you want. Yep. Yeah. It works. It's cheap to fix. It crashes well. I mean, yeah, it's exactly what you, you know what folks want. Uh, All right. I, I will say, like when XL Power first came out, I was. I mean, I'll be the first to say yeah, I kind of wrote it off as like, yeah, whatever. I don't know what that is over there. You know, mm-hmm. Taiwanese right. thing. I I don't know what that is. So I kind of didn't really pay any attention to them for a couple years. They had the 520 and then come out with a Spectre. I was like, eh, okay, whatever. Then I got to seeing people that had them, like people that I trust their opinion. They're like, no, this thing's actually pretty good. And then got to finding out about Raw and the fact that he tried, you know, took up MSH and was making the Protos kits and parts and stuff. I'm like, all right, you've earned my respect i'll try a kit and you know 
I'm happy with it so far. Awesome. That's great. Yep. Hope they stay around for a while. Cool. Yeah. All right. So let's move it on. Uh, what's the next thing? Ooh, do we have a planker segment? We do. All right. All right. All right. All right. Let's do it. So uh, let's play another episode of the Freefall Planker News Field Reporter segment. I don't know, whatever this stupid thing's called. <laughs> <laughs> Heidi ho everyone, it's the Planker, and yes, I'm still alive. Haven't had too many Planker episodes lately, mostly because I really don't like these freefall guys. I'm nah, just kidding. They're great, <laughs> except except Kevin. Ugh. So what's up lately? You say? <laughs> Not too much. Kind of winding down the end of the uh, flying season. We're starting to. We're starting to see some crappy weather up here in the Northeast. In fact, while I'm talking to you, there is just snow pouring in. In the last freefall uh, episode, no, not the last one. Uh, one before that, I suppose. The guys were talking about the new uh, Spectrum uh, fly barless unit that's coming out. And I sent a nicely worded letter to Spectrum asking them if they could in- install a pause button so that, you know, if you're flying and you had a problem, you could just pause. <laughs> <laughs> uh, works on a simulator. I don't know why it wouldn't work on, you know, at the field. So we'll see how that goes. Other than that, we've got, let me see, what, what do we got here today? Uh, we've got a report from the uh, Hover Olympics. We've got uh, a blast from the past. And maybe a few other things. Here we go. Well, hey, everybody. We're, uh, we're here live at the uh, RC helicopter hover olympics some people call them hover olympics we've got uh let's see one two three we've got about about a dozen uh competitors this year we've got some spectators over on the side let's see what they well most of the spectators are uh snoozing we've got a couple reading a book uh they're not too excited <laughs> about things let's see how the uh, the guys are all flying at once since they don't need a lot of room let me check with the ref i see the ref <laughs> ah we got two what's that two yeah, we got two disqualifications. Two pilots fell asleep. <laughs> that doesn't sound like fun. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we uh, well, you know, um, let's see. We got one or two guys here that's uh, they're eating lunch uh, while they're flying. That's amazing. And uh, there's one guy there. He's having a puff on a cigar. And I got to tell you, the excitement is just building. The tension. I can't take it. I can't take it. I can't take it. And. Uh, the snoring. Well, let's see if we can uh, let's see if we can interview one of the guys that's finished already. How'd you how'd you make out, buddy? How was it? See the bugs? There's bugs. There's bugs. Honey. There's bugs. You see the bugs? Yeah. Uh, I feel the bugs. Yeah. The bugs. The bugs. <laughs> hey guys, I'm on the move here. I was told to uh, come downtown here to a Pauly's Arcade to meet this guy, uh, Morgan. Morgan McKenzie. I don't know why Arcade. Ah, here it is. Let's go in here. <laughs> it's supposed to be the Hello. blast from the past. Um, 
I was told to ask for Morgan. Oh, yeah, Morgan. Um, yeah, Morgan, I sent him home for the day. Oh, he works here? Yeah, he works here. He, uh, he's, he, he sweeps day. up and he uh, fixes the video machines. Okay. All right, everybody, we're off to the next location. Let's get, uh, let's get going here. Okay, that was a short walk. Uh, so we're here at uh, Morgan's uh, Morgan McKenzie's house. Let's ring the bell. Hey, how are you? Are you Morgan? Uh, <laughs> Morgan. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah, yeah listen, uh, Mike D, I'm <laughs> here from the Planker Channel. We called ahead. Oh, dude, you got the... You got the takeout? Oh, man. Come on in. Thanks. So, uh... Oh, man, I am so glad you're here. I got a munchie so freaking bad. Whoa. So, Morgan, uh, we've been told that you, for the last uh, six years, I guess 2,190 days... Uh, you've been flying every day, so I'd like to ask you some questions about that. Um, so, what do you fly? Uh, you know, pretty much anything <laughs> I can get my hands on, whatever the butt of the day is, man. I mean, you know. No, I mean, like, is it airplanes, helicopters, both? What is it? Oh, dude, it's whatever I can get, man. Anything to just get me whizzing, smoking, and dope, and dude, I, I don't care. I, I grind up some dead cockroaches. <laughs> Wait. What? Uh, whatever I can <laughs> I was get, told you've, you've been flying every day. Oh, dude, I've been flying every day most of my life, man. Every friggin' day. You bet I'm flying high. I am stoned out of my bird, brother. You've been high every day? Well, yeah. What are you thinking, man? I'm the one that's high as hell, but it seems like you're the one that's a fucking asshole. Hi, thanks for calling Freefall RC Podcast. We are too lazy to answer the phone. Press 1 for Kevin. Press 2 for Steve. Press 3 for Andy. Or don't press anything since none of those buttons do anything anyway. Leave a message. <laughs> Good afternoon, Mr. Ross. It's the doctor's office. We've got your test results back, and that horrible rash and the pimples and the red skin. Um, the doctor would like to talk to you about this. Apparently, you've been sticking things in there. He, he's not sure what you're sticking in there. Um, first, th first thing is stop, <laughs> and second is to come and uh, see the doctor. Hey, Kevin. It's Mike. Dude, I got it stuck again. Can you, can you come over and help me get it out? It's, it's, this time it's in the ice cream maker.
Hello, and thank you for calling the Planker Channel. Please leave your message at the beep. Mike D sucks. Mike D sucks. He sucks. Mike D sucks. He's nuts. He sucks. All right. Mike D sucks. Oh, jeez. D's nuts. <laughs> oh man fantastic thanks mike he's the best and the worst <laughs> no he's the best <laughs> yeah oh god shall we move it to news and announcements then huh yes let's move it to news and announcements yeah so what do we have i saw a new airplane from horizon hobby the E-Flight e Twin Otter, 1.2 meter bind and fly basic. Looks good. Yeah, it looks kind of cool. Comes with floats. It's a twin engine design. 1.2 meters. Flies on a 3S2200 to 3300 milliamp hour battery. I don't know. It's kind of neat. I love the props. The painted props. Yeah, those props look cool. The stripes on them. Yep. It's like a twin engine. Oh, yeah. De Havilland. Yeah. Twin Otter. Yep. And this comes with the floats? Yes. Includes floats. Very cool. That's one thing I keep wanting to do and I never have is do floats. Have you ever done that? No, I've never just done said that. Said he never did it. <laughs> no, I, 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 I don't know. I don't understand him if he said. He, <laughs> okay, no worries. Pay attention, Kevin. Damn Sorry. it! I don't know if he, he didn't do it in a while or. I have a. Cool, I though. bought a set for my Carbon Z Cub, and I've still never done it. So have oh, you ever I, done it? <laughs> no, Kevin. I've never done that, but I've always wanted to. Yeah, wait, me wait, too. That's, you, that's, you say you always wanted to, but have you ever? <laughs> <laughs> I've, okay, I've, I've wanted to try, man. Yeah, I mean, what would we really? I mean, I guess in the snow would be an opportunity, but I mean, unless we go to like Triple Tree, I don't know where we could yeah, really. Triple I don't know. Tree. The snow is kind of cheesy. I want to do it. Yeah, it's not the same. Yeah. I mean, I live at a lake, so I mean, and you know what? I've seen someone fly an Icon A5. Okay. Over the road as I'm driving to work. <laughs> so I know someone flies an RC airplane on that lake. Jeez. So. Yeah. Like literally find, over a four lane road. You should go like, find your neighbor that flies RC and yell at him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Back in my day, we didn't. Oh. That helicopter guy was yelling at me for flying my plane. <laughs> they're like, those helicopter guys, they're jerks. Yeah, they're, they're assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this looks cool. I like the color scheme. I like that the um, um, like where the motor is. It's like it's like a black stripe going back on the wings. It's, I don't know. It looks pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. You got them little vertical fins on the uh, horizontal stab too, which just, I don't know. Just all the little details make it look very nice. Yeah, it's definitely neat. Has tricycle gear, mm-hmm. and then you take those off, put the floats on. And this is E flight, so correct. No safe or any of that stuff, right? No, oh, it, has it has safe. Oh, it does have safe. Everything yeah. they sell has safe, Kevin. Yep. God. There's, there's no way around it now. Where have you been for the last five years? 
I've been in my basement editing, but now since you're not Drink since vodka. since you're started editing, I can get out and see the world. So one of the things um is interesting about it is that like it only has like twenty amp ESCs. Like it's very yeah, but it has two of them. Yeah, and it's only three S, and it's not that it's not big of a plane. No, no. I'm trying to see the motor size if I can find. Find that, see what it kind of motor runs. Well, what's the prop size? Is that'll tell me some? Well, okay, the, seven, um, seven five. The motors at twenty two ten. Thirteen yeah, fifty. Yeah, oh, I see. Yep. Thirteen fifty, and it's a yeah, seven, seven. Five, five six. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like a flight test plane, more or yeah. less. Two motors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, twenty two ten would be. Um, they're not that big. I mean, they're only a little bit bigger than quad motors. Because yeah, that's I the twenty two oh six. I yeah, probably yeah. have twenty two tens. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That's cool. Nine gram servos. Um, well, I mean, for the size of the plane, I don't know, but the price, I guess the price is pretty good. <laughs> and it's, of course, Horizon does their, like, you know, list price, 249 Instantly save 20 bucks at two twenty nine ninety nine, And it's only on pre-order, but it has to come out. So, like, before yeah. it even came out, they dropped the price. <laughs> yeah. I never even really pay attention. You bring that up every time. I never even see that number. I just see the actual price. Mm-hmm. I never see the list price that's irrelevant. It, it's irrelevant, but this is, I think it's a marketing thing. And, and I always is, find but interest I, in I that. ignore it because I never, it never registers. I mm-hmm. just, the price is 229 I don't think, oh, wow, it's on sale for 229 Oh, it's not on sale for two twenty. No, I know, but that's what you're <laughs> saying yeah. is, it's like it's it's a it's a tactic they use for marketing. So I I, I'm observant to it. So like I see that like oh twenty dollars savings already. I'm so non-observant that I don't even see the higher one. I only see yeah. the lower one. Well, if you want to have it without safe, you can get the P and P version. Correct. Your own receiver. How much it. is it? Two hundred bucks. Yeah, one ninety nine. So it's two hundred or the bind and fly basics two thirty. Mm-hmm. That's cool though. Nice. AccuRC has a new model for Steve. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. They're doing a Goblin Yurikai, so Steve can get all his hover practice in. Oh, for sure. On the sim. On that big fat Yurikai. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I was looking at uh, Diamantes over the weekend. Mm. It's actually kind of neat looking. It is. It's crazy looking. Yeah. yeah it's cool. Like the canopy the boom is... comes up, like, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. mounted low, and then it comes up and then goes straight back. Then so, the canopy is just so big and how it wraps around and connects. Mm-hmm. It's just cool. Pretty sweet. <clears throat> nice. And let's see. So they're working on that. There's the setup isn't finished. So give them some feedback. The, along with the reimagined workbench area, bringing some new decorations, new lighting, and a sleeker overall look. Your cry is available on the 2.0.11 beta right now. Nice. All right. What else we got? Well, we got some news. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's kind of early to announce this, but just to let everyone know, um, 
obviously we got this week's episode and then we're going to have one more. But um, after that, we're going to take a couple weeks off for the holiday break. So we're not going to be recording one on Christmas Eve. Is it Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? Christmas Eve, right? Christmas Eve, yep. Yeah, so we're not going to be recording on Christmas Eve. And then, you know, obviously that falls right after uh, to New Year's Eve, right? Being seven days apart. So, um, so yeah, so those two weekends, uh, so those two Tuesdays or those two weeks release will be, um, we won't be releasing anything and we'll come back uh, the first full week of January, I believe. Yes. Yeah, January, well, released on January 9th or 10th. Yeah. Yeah, um, but I do want to say uh, we should have a pretty, pretty uh, kick-ass episode next week. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna we got we got a guest, and we also have a lot of things we want to talk about um, beyond the interview we're gonna have. Um, so should be a a great episode with a lot of stuff, and it might. I mean, I don't know. I'm just gonna. It might be the longest episode we've ever done. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see how it works out. Oh, boy. We'll see if I can yeah. stay awake for that long. Yeah, I know. I know. I I'm going to have well, to Bill have some can, coffee. So. That one. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. I mean, yeah. We, we got plans, but we're not sure exactly how we're going to do this. But with the week out, um, we're, we're really thinking about it and trying to figure out what we can do. Well, know, of course, maybe. I'm on call, so. I might be able to go out, do a call, get paid, and then come back and still be on the podcast. Whoa, that means you're going to get paid to do the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. And uh, just, you know, um, being that next week's going to be the last episode of the 2019 um, calendar year, you know, we want to make sure we, we go out for Big Bang. So Yeah, and I like the end of year stuff we do. I yeah. always find it fascinating. Mm-hmm. For sure. And doing a real super long episode would be pretty cool because, you know, people are going to be moving around, yeah. driving around or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Traveling, traveling or, you know. Check mm-hmm. it out. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe have some time off. You know, some folks might get time off. I don't know. Yeah. So, cool. Awesome. All right. So what's next for you in the hobby? What's next for you, Steve? Uh, I want to fly Sunday. Um, hopefully. Uh, the weather doesn't look great, but it might be doable. Um, I also did reach out to um, uh, this guy, Justin, on, on uh, I don't know, he's on Facebook, but I've met him before. I've bought stuff off him before, but uh, he's yeah. selling two cases of uh, Byron's 22 and a half. And as uh, you know, I'm dedicating more of my weekend and flight time to nitro and gassers. I figure, sure, why not pick up the two extra cases? So. So I should have a little more fuel that'll last me till All maybe right. end of spring instead of you know end of winter. So nice, yeah. dude. Yeah. So that's about it for me. Um, I am gonna work on that barnstormer some more. I'm like, I would say I'm probably about halfway done. Um, most of the airframe is built, but I still need to do the servos, the tail, and all the covering. Um, I am gonna build a cowl for this because I used the standoffs on my motor mount. Okay. To pull the motor out just by like, I don't know, maybe about eight millimeters or six millimeters. I push, pull the motor out, mm-hmm. um, off the firewall. So <clears throat> I want to build like a, I want to take a piece of balsa, a chunk of balsa and see if I could carve out, um, a cowl for it and, and get it mounted on there somehow. So we'll see if it works out. If not, then whatever. 
I don't care. You know, okay. I'll just fly it the way it is. But yeah, that's about it for me. Uh, what about you, Kevin? Uh, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to try and fly on Sunday. Hopefully we get some decent weather. Mm-hmm. And I was actually looking online. You brought up the Barnstormer and the motor mount. I was looking on Thingiverse because I know they make a like fake uh, 049 mount. And I'm going to see if I can replicate something and print it out, dude. Oh, okay. Yeah, let me know how that goes. Or you know what I, I think would be really cool for this? And it might not fit the model or the, the style, but like a fake radio motor yeah. mount. That thing that would be, I think that would be really cool. Yeah. I oh, think I'm going awesome. to – I know they have a standoff on Thingiverse, but it's not the fake you know, motor-looking thing, so I might see what I can do. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure let me I know. I can model that, no problem. Cool, yeah. Awesome. And, uh, oh, since I've been jonesing now, you got me building balsa stuff, and I've been looking at balsa kits. I said, mm-hmm. you know what? I should break out that one that you gave me and see if I can start on that maybe or put it together or just figure out what I need to lay down on that table. What did I give you? A Corsair, right? Corsair, yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be a fun kit. Yeah. And I think it was one of the major balsa companies. I don't remember who, but. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. It was like a Goldberg or something, but yeah, awesome, man. Cool, yeah. Yeah, and that's about it, man. I'd like to get out and do some flying, for sure. Mm-hmm. What about you, Andy? Uh, I've got some wrenching to do. Oh, yeah? Getting Neil that 5.56 five, ready? No. Uh. <laughs> Neil brought by some parts for the Soxo Strike 7 I'm going to work on. Oh, cool, yeah. to start peeling with that thing this week. And I might start on that willy-nilly kit the barnstormer yeah okay. yeah get cracking on that yeah you guys have kind of got me uh thinking about it so yeah oh one thing about the willy-nilly kit and i wish i knew this before i started putting mine together and started putting the wing together wrong um there is like an rc group step-by-step guide mm-hmm. okay. i didn't know yeah. about it <laughs> no i talked about it yeah, I thought you were just talking show. about the, the flight test one that, uh, that you know, Rocky Boy was. So I was using that as, like, references, but they're just photos and, like, kind of what his experience was. But they didn't go into, like, the detail that the the RC group one does. So, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure I talked about the RC group one because I said I couldn't find any directions except for a build thread on RC groups. Mm. Now, is that specifically for the Barnstormer? Because I've seen some that say Barnstormer. But they're not. They're a different one. The there's other one model. for the um, Acer something like that. And then there's one for the Barnstormer. Yeah. Okay. Right. There is one specifically for the Barnstormer. Um, I think they built it as a, a low wing on that one. So, yeah. But, I mean, it's not that much different as far as, no. you know, it's just a rudder placement. I wonder different. if I could build it without any directions, like a puzzle. Probably could. I think you could. You're a pretty smart feller. You know. I, I mean, I, I pretty much did most of this, you know, as like a good chunk of this without any instructions. But then I did do it wrong. So. Yeah, I was going to say, but you did it wrong. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I did most of mine just by looking at the four pictures that were on the website. And two of them were like, they just didn't make sense. Yeah. I still don't know how the servos mount for the elevator and the rudder. But I haven't gotten that far yet. From what I heard from John, he, I think they just want you to glue it to the side of the fuselage. Oh, okay. Okay. But I'm going to make a tray for it. Um, 
you know, just some little mounting, like a two stick that goes across that I can mount the servos to. Yeah. Awesome. That's it, Andy, or you have anything else? No, that's it. Yeah. Okay. Get that five five six going, man. Well, I might have uh I might have a different project for it, actually. Ooh. Okay, Se- cool. Se- secret squirrel stuff. Secret, yep. Okay, I guess let's do the wrap-up. All right, let's wrap it up. Wrap it up. Facebook likes. We are at 949, and I'm seeing two new names, so we're going to say it's plus two, even though I, I don't think it is. But, um, no, oh, I know these folks. At least I know one of them. All right, here we go. We have Eric Shoe. Eric Shoe. Yeah, he's a shoe in. And we have <laughs> Keith Williams. And I know Keith. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, I met Keith. He was with Ian fucking Joel. Oh, yeah? Nice. Just to rode out together. Hmm. Nice. Awesome. All right. Thanks, everyone. Okay. Facebook comments. What do we have? Facebook comments. Well, on the last episode that you guys did, Listener Series Volume 19 with John Pruitt, uh, Scott Graham said, yes, perfect time for the road trip to Torches. And Daryl Thorpe said, Scott Graham, road trip music. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but uh, maybe Daryl likes listening to music more than podcasts. Uh, David Hill said, John, when you describe yourself, I just about died laughing. You described me. <laughs> uh, that's our buddy Dave. Hold the flyer. Chris Bream says, wah, early release. And mm-hmm. Steve said, I guess this was Steve said, actually, this was done yesterday. Yeah. And he was at a heli fun fly. Took the time to get this done in one day after the record. That's dedication. Damn it. And I knew there was a reason to keep him on the show. Wink, wink. <laughs> uh, didn't want folks to have too many days between this episode and the next. So I didn't post it yesterday. Kept it for Thursday morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice, Steve. Uh, Dave Hill said, I'm not done listening, but what a great amount of information on skinning a balsa plane. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't know that there was that much difference between like an ultralight and, you know, what size wingspan to stop using the average, you know, coating and stuff. So Right, the regular monocle stuff, yeah. yeah. Good episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and John Pruitt rounded things up by saying, I endorse this episode. <laughs> nice. Uh, thanks for having me on the show, guys. It was a lot of fun. Great to chat with you all about the kinds of hobby stuff. Or great chat with you about all the kinds of hobby stuff all right do we have any website comments also real quick on facebook i posted some pictures from us flying this past weekend Mm -hmm. and started out with the 14 degree picture as i left my house and (laughs) i thought it was funny because dave hyman said uh or hyam said uh i don't know how you function (laughs) and matthew kramer said same here in wisconsin very little Wind and temps just above freezing for most of it. Uh, so that was pretty cool. I always wonder how people re- react to the to the cold. Yeah, I mean, it's all relative. Folks down south will be like, you're crazy. Folks yeah. up north will be like, ah, that's nothing, that's nothing. you know? So. Yeah. yeah, it's funny to watch guys from Florida wear sweatshirts while guys from Wisconsin are in shorts and T-shirt. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. 50, right. 50 degree weather. Yeah. So website comments. Uh, I don't know. You guys see anything on the email? 
So let's see here. We do have. So I have. I mean, we have an email from Gray Eagle, but it's. Um, I mean, I will go over it. It's kind of hard to describe because there's two pictures in it. But it says the subject is my home of nest in Christmas now. I ran way from here sometimes. Heart to my invisible family, and it's a picture of. Looks like um, you know when you enter a gated community and it has like a sign saying gray eagle springs yeah and then there's like a picture of a house with i mean a billion led a billion light bulbs and a, a hundreds of little you know things lighted up things all over the lawn and on the roof and and yeah, he's got the ginormous blow up plane on the roof. Yeah, it's almost That's like um, like Christmas vacation. Yeah, Christmas vacation when they plug it, everything's like <laughs> super bright. So yeah, it's cool. That's I wonder if Gray Eagle knows that this is an audio podcast. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. But thanks, Gray Eagle Junior. Appreciate the uh, writing us in and showing us uh, your home. Uh, people of Podbean. Uh, people of Podbean. We had a few things happen on Podbean. Hi, bye, four, five, twelve. Uh, Duffus and CSB29 all started following us. Helly Man liked episode 203. Thanks to y'all. And nice. Glo- Glogo690 liked episode 202, talking shop with Tom Shin. And so did Mike Welch. I don't know if you mentioned that or not. No. Okay, cool. Awesome. Okay, and we have two comments here, um, which I'm actually going to read three, but you'll see why. Uh, first one is one day ago, DDelisle81 says, Hey guys, great show as always. Andy, I also started replacing a handful of my small toolboxes with the Interlock and Milwaukee boxes. They've definitely cleaned up and better organized all the little things uh, we use in the hobby, from battery connectors to servo crimp connectors and screws. Definitely worth the investment. I have to try and find that tool bag you discussed. Take care and cheers, fellas, and a couple pints of beer. Emoji icons. Nice. I, I nice. want to jump in real quick. Yeah. Dennis, the one that I'm using as a bag is actually the tote. It's the 15-inch tote. They have a 10-inch, a 15-inch, and a 20-inch. They have a tool bag, which is more of an open bag, and then the tote is the one that has all the little compartments. So Grego Jr. five hours ago messaged us, but it's a message to reply to Ian fucking Joe's message 14 days ago. So I will go over that comment again just so I can tell Eagle Gray Jr.'s, Gray Eagle Jr.'s comment. <laughs> so Ian fucking Joe 14 days ago says, I have the name suggestion for the gas logo. How about the logo? Uh, S logo, no bashing, but gases are a bit heavier than nitros, but it's always cool to watch smooth and slower gaser flight. And then Gray Eagle Jr., five hours ago, says, Duck, duck, low goose, get gasoline. Tanks empty? Oh, no. So whatever you make out of that, I guess. Wow. I don't know. <laughs> That's why I had to go and say least Ian's comment so we can get equally confused on why with his comment to uh, Ian. <laughs> so awesome. Well, thanks everyone for leaving us a Podbean comment and liking our Podbean stuff. Thanks guys. All right. Let's see. iTunes reviews. I don't think we had any. I looked. You did look. Okay. 
Do we have any voicemail segments? For our voicemail segment? Yeah? I think we do. All right. Let's play them. Okay. Hey, guys. Hockey Boy here. Hey, just started to listen to the next episode, and uh, I caught on there that you guys are going to do a build of the Willy Nilly's Barnstormers. That's awesome. Excellent. And And a first build ever for Andy. First time messing with the balsa. That's great. Um... I'll make sure to uh, send you guys my phone number, um, but for you or anybody else in the audience, you want to take on one of these things, uh, my emails uh, out there on the forums, um, flight test forums, you can find me into the Balsa Builders and Breakers area. I'm Rocky Boy up there. Um, I've got a big, long thread up there on building both a uh, Barnstormer, uh, and I'm currently hacking together a, uh, a Barnstormer biplane. Uh, Doug from Willy Nilly sent me a, a set of names that he's working up, and we're uh, I'm making a biplane out of one too. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, you guys run into any problems, any questions, give me a call, send me some pictures. Um, happy to help out you or anybody else who's getting into this stuff. Uh, it's a load of fun to uh, spend some time and, and make something and watch it fly. I know you guys certainly understand that from all the helicopter kits you do, but. This is a uh, it's a whole different type of fun too. So, good luck with it. Let me know. If you guys have any questions? Uh, one quick tip on uh, covering the wings: cover the wing tip first with one little piece. Cover the wing tip first, and then slice it off nice and even around the rib right there at the wing tip. After you get that part on, and once you're happy with the wing tips, then cover the rest of the wing. Yeah. And why? Well, it's a lot easier to get that big flat part of the wing covered, and that tip is sort of a pain in the butt sometimes, especially when you're just getting started on covering. So do the hard part first there. Do that wing tip first, and then when you're happy with it, then go ahead and cover the rest of it. Don't be afraid to make it, you know, one piece of covering for the top of the wing tip and one piece of covering for the bottom of the wing tip. And one for the top right side, one for the bottom left side. It's okay. Um, make cuts on the covering. You just cut it a little bit larger than the piece you intend to cover first. Hold it over it all. Get it tacked down around the edges. And then take your razor blade and cut it off. Uh, leave it covering over that rib so it's got a good, uh, good place to stick down to. But then go ahead and slice off the excess and then put on your next piece. Uh, we can talk a lot more about this when uh, when you guys get me on the show. We can uh, we can go through some covering tips and techniques and, and how to get started with all that. So, all right, welcome to the fuzzy, fuzzy, fuzzy side. Talk to you guys soon. Bye bye. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we should get that guy on the show. Oh wait, didn't we get that guy on the show last week? <laughs> the transcription <laughs> is hysterical. It actually made me hungry because it's like I'm off the rib shack. Some good, uh, some good advice though. I, I, I wouldn't have thought about doing the wingtip first like that. Mm-hmm. Definitely good advice. All right, cool. so here's the next one that we got same day. Mm-hmm. Hey boys, uh, I was just calling in. Uh, let you guys know I got some big news. Uh, kind of a secret for the holiday season deal, but uh, it's probably going to impact the uh, drone and quadcopter community in a very positive way. Not a lot of people know this yet. Um. But uh, Rule King, I was down at the Rule King with the boys the other day. They have uh, all kinds of stuff. Uh, it's the Siemens, Sima brand, Sima brand quadcopters and helicopters. 
and Black Friday, they are going to put them on sale. Uh, looks like some three-channel um, helicopters for nine ninety-nine. Uh, they got a drone here for fourteen ninety-nine. I mean, this is like half price on these things. This is amazing. Wow! Uh, they've got one with a what a deal seven twenty p Wi-Fi camera. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that is, but that sounds pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Next gen. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. It's some crazy stuff, and these prices are crazy. They got a quadcopter flying car. For ninety nine ninety three, I guess that's a professional grade being that expensive. Um, but you know, yeah. anybody that's looking to move from uh, RCs to helis and vice versa, that's uh, something they might want to get on board with. But anyway, share it, and uh, I'm gonna be down there in line probably Tuesday evening. Uh, that way, I get a secured spot. To keep doing what you're doing. I really appreciate it. What is this call from 1986? <laughs> <laughs> I feel shit. like this is the same guy that called to tell us all about this stuff at Radio Shack. Yeah, man. Double A batteries are I like crazy on sale, man. I feel like he must be in some sign of time bubble or warp or yeah. wormhole. I don't know what's going on. What was that Ultimate movie? Reality. Frequency? Where the kids yeah. were talking to their father? Yeah. The, yeah. The father had passed away. Yeah. Freaking cool. Okay. Nice. All right, let's move on to the next one. We got one more left. Oh, man. Hey, what's up? Free Fall RC Podcast. <laughs> Dylan here. Dylan YouTube channel. Everybody subscribe. Just want to give you a congratulations on 200 episodes. And you know how else we should uh, congratulate is Dylan himself on 2,000 subscribers. Yep. All right. And big shout out to Hellyheads. They got two episodes. I mean, eight. There is one. <laughs> and also, everybody should go and check out Bill and YouTube channel. Then you could check out all the cool, great Eagle Junior comments on the channel. Like I said, video footage at home said of my language of mastery, educated reorientation, footage age for the times, end quote. All right, dude. See you later. Bill Ann. So now Bill Ann, being 2,000 subscribers, uh, he can monetize now, right? After 1,000? Yeah, yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's working. All I got to say is our podcast is helping people. We told people to go to his channel, subscribe, so he can monetize and eventually move out of his parents' basement, and it's working. Mm -hmm. So happy. His parents are going to be thrilled. He's going to be thrilled. The average person in line at Starbucks is going to hate it, but who cares? That's Starbucks. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Um, All right. Is that it? Do we have anything else? I think that's it, man. So drop us an iTunes review, and we'll read the review on the next episode. Email us at free4rc at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash free4rc podcast. Check out our webpage, freefarcypodcast.show. Say hi to Chris. <laughs> Sorry. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. <laughs> flight test forums, off the field, audio, video production, other than flight test podcast, freefarcypodcast. Say hi to David Hill, a.k.a. Hilda Flyer. Hey, Dave. Hi, David. <laughs> Fellow podcasters, give them a listen. Helly Heads Podcast. That's Coach, Kickstand, and Flea Market. Close enough. <laughs> uh, Telerotor Podcast. That's Michael, Shaggy, and Parker? No, I've said that already. That's close enough. BKRC Podcast. That's Kyle and Bert. Close enough. Well, RC Roundtable. Fitz, Terry, and Lee. 
Yep. Uh, let's see. What do we have here? Skids Up. Skids Up is with Frank, Javier, Paul, and Scott. It's funny. Last week, we we're like, I haven't heard an episode. And then, like, as soon as we finished recording a podcast, I was like, oh, look, an episode released. Boom. <laughs> yep. So, awesome. All right. Uh, high Voltage. With Bobby Watts. All righty. AMA Podcast. With Matt Ruddick. Wait a minute. Didn't we miss one? Which one? Oh, I missed. I missed one. I missed Rich. Sorry, Rich. Rich is also on the Telerotor podcast. <laughs> yes. Sorry, Rich. Well, that's, I don't think it was your thing because you said like Michael Shaggy well, you Parker, said and I'm like and Shaggy and Parker. So yeah, that's only one guy. So you missed everyone. Yeah, and I said that's close enough. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> and make sure you check out our friend Bill Ann YouTube channel. Yep. Check him out. Which is funny because Google translated his thing, and I just I want to say this. <laughs> it says, uh, Dylan YouTube channel. <laughs> yep. That's what it says. Dylan YouTube channel. All right. Uh, thanks for our listeners. <laughs> uh, free us, guys, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye. Baby Yoder. Watch it. <laughs> Mandalorian. Mandalorian's awesome. Watch it. Yeah. Shit. Dude, right. the freaking tra- the transcription from Bills is like, yep, and a big shout at the head. Yeah, dude. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, even when he's like, so, and Arthur, everybody should go check out Phil and YouTube channel. Yep. <laughs> I love it. <sighs> But okay. yet, it got all the Grey Eagle stuff perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really did. Oh, that's funny. And we're worried about Google AI taking over the world? I don't know. Yeah, no. Maybe not for a few years. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag tote life. Oh, sorry. Um, Lap. <laughs> yeah. Lap. Give me a second. I don't know what, even know what that means. It means you said a really corny joke and you need to do a lap around the building. No, I don't know what the corny joke was. Uh, what? The hashtag Toad Life? life? Yeah, I don't know. It's from that. We Bear Bears. They have an episode where they go crazy with totes and they go like, Tote Life! And basically buy a billion tote bags and now they're not saving the environment, but they're basically polluting the environment with tote bags. So, and they is, did hashtag Tote Life. Is this show on like after Rick and Morty? Mm, no, it's I don't know. It's a Netflix thing. It's, oh. My kids watch it. I don't know. Oh, okay. But it's like one of those kids shows that like you can watch and still get something out of it because they're not just like you know, like Rick and Morty. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Damn. No. I mean, I could do the regular thing, and you could do the episode. I don't know. It depends. It's all, it all yes, depends. Yes, Dave. Which part thing. do you want to edit? <laughs> no, 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 I'm not editing shit. Right, yeah. <laughs> no. Now, if you want me to edit, I can, that's, but... That's a great idea, to- Steve. Which part are you editing? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, whenever I edit on GarageBand, it fucking doesn't sound right. I don't know why. Yeah. Dude, I don't do that shit on purpose. No, I don't. I actually tried to edit the episode properly, but all I have is... I can't do Audacity on no, the back. Kevin, he starts, and he gets like 10 minutes in, and he's like, ah, fuck this. I lost no, interest. He waits <laughs> nah. till Friday morning, and then he's like, oh, shit. 
gotta edit the podcast. <laughs> that's only one. That only happened, happened once. Only happened <laughs> once. <laughs> wrap up in. Oh, I'm done. Fuck this. To build it, right? I had to build it one night in, in Bill's hotel room where you fucking put the heater on and it's like fucking 80 degrees in there. So I'm just like, <laughs> fuck this shit. I need to get this done. I need to get this shit I done. I remember that. You're sweating your balls off. Yeah. Bill, you freaking reptile. Put the AC on. Good feels a lizard person. He is, yeah. And, 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 the, and the table that was, you know, like the desk <laughs> that I was working on was right next to the AC. So now I just got hot, hot air blowing on me while I'm trying to fucking build this shit. But anyways, so I ended up... Um, I ended up not pulling the wires in enough, and it ended up like crimping the wires between the transmission and the flybrow's plate. So when I made it, that dampened enough that everything was fine. I didn't get the weird wags. I didn't get the weird inconsistency in the flybrow's. You know, like everything flew fine. And when I was like, okay, well, let me now do it once over. Now I got a couple flights in, and I noticed the crimped wires. So I fixed it, and then ever since then I had fucking nothing but vibration issues or or problems with the heli. Freaking Bill. <laughs> well, technically, Bill made this made it successful <laughs> from that shit, right? I mean, I guess in a weird, twisted way of thinking about it, 